we're back in the house with the Woodsman Perspective podcast, and uh, deer season's right around the corner. Summer's it winding is. down. We we got a, a few dove hunts under our belt, and, and we're starting to shift gears really hard to get to thinking about deer. And uh, along those lines, we want to talk about deer management, how to grow big deer, how to develop a property. You know, that's, that seems like it's always on our minds. So we brought we brought somebody in today that's done it and done it on on a lot of different levels. That's right, different states. <laughs> yep, yep, and. Uh, and it's it's I guess starting from from running dogs to developing properties in some of the best areas of the country. Uh, and, and y'all may know this fellow's name. I don't know, but look, I'm a big fan because he brought he brought a brown bottle in here with him. <laughs> that's that's the first that's that's the first person to bring a gift and bring a whiskey bottle. In that's here. right. So we'll talk about that later. Give him a little plug for this bottle. But but we got it. We got a real special guest. Uh, somewhat of a local hero Mr. Roy O's walks in with us today we're going to talk about managing or developing properties and growing big deer and killing big deer that's right and uh, Chris you've known him for a while look I I think the first time I met Roy was in, was was on a turkey hunt on some public land think <laughs> <laughs> about I got shot <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's probably the story for another podcast but but you know and I say that but ever since then it, you know I, I, I walked away looking at that that you know guys real grounded we're out there hunting the same right. ground. We're out there turkey hunting, chasing turkeys on public land. Well, man had had a thousand acres and had all the turkeys wearing. He's out there hunting at the refuge. So <laughs> yeah, that mean, tell you? That's yeah. those free turkeys. <laughs> so the, the first time I ever met Roy, it was uh, in, in a, on a personal level. We was me and Jason, uh, a buddy of mine, was in timber business, and we went up to Roy's house, and there was a guy out there weed eating driveway. And I said, who's that weed in that driveway? He said, that's him. He won't pay nobody to do it. He's tied to Bob Arthur. <laughs> and we pulled up there and Roy pulled them headphones off and he was up there weed in the driveway. That's when he was living in Ware over there. Yeah, remember that? That's right. That's funny. But, uh, but yeah, me and Roy, um, you know, I started, me and Roy's brother was went to Mississippi State together and we was on the old, you know, the old local legends we was on the inter- intramural team that won the championship. And he, <laughs> he kind of said, hey, I want you to come watch my brother pitch baseball. And I said, uh, he said, he's going to get drafted. I said, really? He said, yeah, he's at Holmes Community College. And, and uh, so we went down there and watched them. And, and uh, when they played EMCC, we had a bunch of old New Hope legends down there. And <laughs> Roy was throwing about 95 down there. And then <laughs> kind of set, set them all to the ground. And, and uh, that's kind of – I never knew that that, uh, that was in 96. 96. Yep. And, and I never knew that, you know, 10, 15 years later that, that we – have a bond of friendship going over some hunt land and yeah and, uh, I, look i found out and, later we yeah. played football against each other i played right. caledonia oh really yeah awesome. yeah we had a couple of barn quarterback Cal- yeah i played yeah. quarterback at yeah. caledonia yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh you know it, it was a uh you know it's, it's been a good me and him's hunting together and but you know roy i'm gonna turn it over to you you know you I, I know your daddy, I know your family, I know your beginnings, but, you know, a lot of people, we're not going to talk about baseball stats, we're not going to talk about your, your your MVPs and all the stuff that you did on the diamond. Now, which, you may want to talk about them MVPs now. Well, look, look, I know this, he's got about five rings and he won't wear a bit of them. He, he, he's right. the most modest person to be around that, that I've ever been. I mean, I've, I've been out there in Texas with him and people have come up to him and he just – he, you know, he just he, he's just the way he is, and that, that's just I, I tell that's you a lot cool of respect me, for yeah, that. Is hearing these yeah. these stories and, and and knowing just knowing and understanding how he's taking some properties and developing, and, and oh, we don't, no we don't have to sit here and talk talk no. about you like you're not sitting here, but, <laughs> that, that, but right. you developing properties and land and, and and just that's neat to me. So you must love it. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, growing up, <clears throat> we grew up, you know, just like anybody else did. Uh, my dad was a logger, been in the timber business, you know, all his life. 
and uh, we grew up running dogs. I mean, that was a thing to do back in the, you know back in the early um, late eighties, early nineties. Um, had a great time at it. You know, everybody meet up at a store, and um, we, um, we we ran mostly hounds, and and um, it was fun. You know, we had a lot of fun. We shot, you know, anything that come out pretty much. Right. Um, it wasn't was a, such a thing as management back then. It was yeah. more just you know having it a sport. Uh, but we, everybody, you know, fellowship was the biggest thing about dog hunting. Everybody had a culture, great time. Big you know, culture. Yeah. culture. CB radios. CB radios, run yeah. them down dog dirt road, boxes. you know, and, yeah. and tear up a truck one, you know, right. one time. And, and uh, But yeah. it was fun. I mean, we had a blast. I, I still, you know, a lot of the guys I dog hunted with, I see them time and time. And, you know, that's starting to kind of go away a little bit. It's more of a, a still hunting type industry now i guess you'd say and um the dog hunting kind of got away because everybody kind of got a personal land and yeah you know, the big tracks got broke up too a lot that of big tracks got hunting. broke up and and used to you know there's a lot of you know warehouser and 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 uh, ip and different people had big spots um that we hunted on a lot but a lot of the local landowners didn't really mind if you ran ran dogs you know deer deer hunting wasn't that big back then as it is now right and um so we had a lot of fun, you know, um, um, when I got into um, high school, um, I mean, when I got into college and um, got into the minor leagues, we started doing a little more still hunting. Um, it wasn't a lot of still hunting growing up. You know, you had certain guys you'd see on parked on the side of the road. They may be hunting somewhere. But, you know, my dad didn't grow up still hunting. He grew up dog hunting. So that's right. what we did. Yeah. And um, once I got into college, I started still hunting a little bit more. I was away from home. And, and we had a couple pieces of land down toward Holmes Community College where we could get in a stand and um and hunt a little bit so we started getting and still hunt a little more and started getting into it liking it and and it changed a little bit you know people well, easier to hit them when they wasn't running that's right <laughs> that's right um well so, it felt I like mean, it was somebody else's deer you yeah yeah that, that yeah. homes you know i got to go back to that place that's right <laughs> um so anyway we had a great time but you know uh, once i started buying my own land and developing different land i started you know using a different strategy because you know ev- everyone can go out there and kill you know 90 inch hundred hey, you got different goals yeah. you know you go starts you know trying to make it better and trying to do better um and and when you do that you, you start managing land you start making land better and right. as you're making the wildlife better and you start seeing results after you know two or three years you're like oh that you know that, now we're starting to grow 130s 140s yeah. mm-hmm. just by letting deer get older and, and having something to eat for our you know for them uh change our diet up a little yeah. bit um and you start seeing an increase in your, in your herd, and um, the deer just look so much better. So you're like, all right, you know, let's let's try to take this to the next level. Right. And um, as I started playing, um, I was I was blessed with you know getting some great contracts where I can buy some you know decent some land, bigger and, tracks, and bigger tracks. And yeah. It's hard to manage you know 40 acres. Um, you know, deer is going to come and go. It's hard to let a deer get aged when you're on a small track. Um, so once I started, you know, was able to buy you know bigger tracks bigger place yeah um i started you know trying to do a little bit of management so my first my first project was i, I bought uh close to a thousand acres in Kaziosko. yeah i remember the 44 ranch yeah yep and um i wanted I, w- I wanted a high fence one reason i wanted a high fence i didn't know if i could raise deer old enough to get them up to the 150 160 mark with being only a thousand acres it was slender it was long i mean it was deep but it wasn't real wide so i knew deer would come and go yeah. off of me it was a I, pretty place i remember that mm-hmm. place yeah and um i end up i end up high fencing and, and and i learned a lot with a high fence um I, I built a nice log cabin on it had a you know a beautiful place that was set sitting up on a hill and when i high fenced it um i learned a lot about how to get deer to that to a great age in mississippi right and also how to 
um, grow them as fast as you can grow them to that age. Right. Um, Didn't you, know, you kind of partner with Mississippi State? I they kind of helped you on the as far as. You know, they didn't help you the money wise. I know that, but they <laughs> yeah. helped you as far as some knowledge and some different role. things. I had um, what I, I think did. Some of that's required too. Yeah, don't you that's have right. to bring them yeah. in, bring the state. So the state regulations when how fence when I was doing it is you couldn't bring deer into the state, but you could you could bring semen straws in mm-hmm. and from different states, and you could do it artificial inseminating. So I built five breeder pens, and two of my breeder pens I did all um, um, artificial inseminate. Right, and when you get you know, you're getting these deer that you see on, you know, line, they're 400 inches, 350 inches. You think, oh, I'm going to artificial inseminate this doe, and, and I'm going to have a 300-inch deer running around. It don't work that way. You know, um, you have to breed. Um, Mississippi has a, a gene, pretty much. It's an eight-point gene. That's right. And most deer, 80% of the deer, when they're born, an uh, eight-point frame is about what they're going to have. They may have a kicker here or, or another point here and there, but they just going to have an eight-point frame. Well, to get that out of them, you have to go to, to three different generations before you kind of breed that out of them. So the first generation, you'll, you'll breed and say if you have a doe, you take that doe and breed it with another buck. You start to get that eight-point gene away from that. So I learned a lot, you know, with that. Um, uh, Mississippi State, I did a study with them where they actually brought in 15 doe. I mean, I'm sorry, 15 bucks um, from all around Mississippi. They would bring five bucks from the Delta five bucks from south mississippi and five deal that's that study that we've we've Mm -hmm. we've talked about on our future on our previous podcast yeah and what they was trying to prove was if we feed these deer exactly the same on protein that they could grow deer in the south at the same rate as they grow deer in 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 the um, delta and it didn't turn out that way they 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 had this genetic code it genetically those deer have genetically made themselves smaller in the south and um you can't you can't make those deer grow 240 pounds like a deer in the Delta. Right. It's just not. And, Roy, that's the, same, that's the same genetic when you got your Lowndes County track. You correct. know, we got the same genetic correct. over here. Correct. That's correct. You know, just look the draw. But. Yeah. Um, well, it's live as that soul, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we, we, we for, for, for um, 10 years, well, we was on a 10-year deal, we were going to grow these deer and see how they turned out. And like I said, uh, I think the biggest deer that we grew rack-wise from the south was 140. Nice deer, mm-hmm. Mississippi. Uh, biggest deer we grew in the Delta was over 170. Right. And uh, we actually had a deer in the Delta grow to be 320. It weighed 320 wow. pounds. Um, and breed, That's feed, what he weighed. But now that, you was putting protein, that feed to him. Straight protein. Yeah. And um, so you, you learned a lot, you know, doing the study. And, and, and it kind of I kind of carried that on to my next places. Uh, the high fence um, experience was a great experience for learning. Right. Um, I'm not a big high fence person after sure. I had one myself. Sure. Um, um, well, I remember Roy telling me, I said, Roy, why, you know, what's the, because I, you know, me being in this business, I, I want to know the difference in the high fence versus, because any knowledge you can get, it's going to help you because you're growing deer, whether inside a fence or not. And Roy told me, said, Chris, a high fence will break you. <laughs> now, you know, and, 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 and really when you started breaking that stuff down, feed and, and this, because we don't understand how much these deer roam and they eat feed off other people. Yeah. No matter how big a track you got, mm-hmm. you still, they, you know, they're transporting from other, you know, soybeans in yeah. the fall. They'll transport, then they'll come back to the hardwoods. And right. once you put a fence around, there ain't no transporting. No. You got to feed them. That's right. And, and and I've watched you show me your pine thicket. When the pine thickets down there, you was burning. I mean, you was doing the management right. That's right. You were thinning. Yep. You were burning. Yep. 
You had big food, food big food plots, not small food plots. Right. And, and they, Brent, they eat his food plots to the ground. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and Roy said, Chris, we're killing every doe except the ones that's bred, okay. you know, the that's breeder right. ones. Yeah. We're shooting them, shooting them, shooting them, shooting them. And they eat the place up, a thousand acres. And and I forgot, how many deer did you think you had in that So thousand? when we first started, we thought when we, when we fenced it in, we had around 90 to 120 deer in there. Um, in, inside that fence? Inside the fence. Um, that was some that we had artificial inseminated let out the first year. Right. Um, and, and some natural. Yeah. What yeah. I didn't realize was, you know, if we had 60 does and they all had a phone where you just went from, you know, 90 deer to 150 deer. Well, if you don't start killing them deer quickly, now they're doubling quickly. So yeah. now you're going to 300. Exponentially. And now you're going yep. to 600. Because he didn't have any predators. Yeah. He killed all the predators out of it. Coyotes. Right. Y'all smoked them. I remember you right. had to cover the fence and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... So they jump, you know, tremendously. So now we're shooting, you know, 150 does, 200 does, trying it's to work. keep, keep it's, it's it. That's a lot work. of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I mean, you, you start planting, you know, out of 1,000 acres, I probably had 150 acres of food plots, mm-hmm. and they would be ate up. You know, they, by December, they didn't have anything to eat. So Look like a golf green. They would they would come out, and you would look at cedar trees, and cedar trees would be ate up waist high because they'd eaten cedar trees because yeah. they're running out of stuff to eat. And we're feeding them protein, too. Out of a bag. Yeah. And out of a bag, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd feed them 100 pounds of feeder, and we had 10 feeders going, and they're eating it as fast as you can put it in there. And they got where it got so – they got so used to the players going around feeding. When you'd go around and start pouring feed, look in the wood, you'd see them looking, waiting on you to drive off because they want to get to the feed, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was a it was a really neat experience. One thing that's different than a high fence than a, than a regular track of land, and I think I told Chris this one time he was down there. He said, "Have you ever thought about making a cutover for some bedding?" I said, "Well, they can't get out of the fence, so what's it need? Yeah, any bed? That's <laughs> right. That's yeah, right. That's I mean, right. I was They're thinking. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, and he and he made it perfect sense. I said, "Well, where do they lay? Said hell, anywhere they want to lay." Yeah, I mean they don't. They didn't. They have can't to get do out of the fence. Right. So I mean they ain't looking for a thicket, right. you know. It's and and just, they don't. They're not fearful of something getting them. That's right. They're fearful of something eating the food before the other one that's gets right. it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so when you moved on, so so after after the high fence, that's when so we started. That was your first sort of yeah. big big venture into this, right? Yeah. So, so then then which direction did you go from there? I, um, I think you brought. Did you buy rake straw first? I bought rake straw first. Yeah. Uh, I bought a place in Missouri. Um, and um, I had I bought three thousand acres. I I had bought actually. Let me back up. I bought a place in two thousand and six and seven in Illinois, Pike County, Illinois. I bought a thousand mm-hmm. acres with a with a, a buddy of mine, Jake Peavy, that played with the Padres, and we owned it for about three or four years. It was a nice place, beautiful place. Um, Nebo is right outside Nebo in Pike County. They got hit with a um, blue tongue mm-hmm. real bad. So for about two years, we didn't hardly have a deer on the place. You'd see. You know, you went from seeing. That's you know, what would happen to me and Chris if we bought land <laughs> right there. Look, his daddy, Roy's daddy. I remember him telling me about that typical, that mm-hmm. typical buck. He was it with a. Well, he had a crossbow, yeah, and and I remember your daddy. And, and look, your daddy don't get excited. He's he's a man of a few words, <laughs> yep. but but let me tell you this: he's killed enough big deer on your Missouri farm. He yep. knew. He said, Chris, he was the biggest deer I'd ever laid my eyes on, yeah. and, and and somebody wound up killing that deer. That's yeah. on the Illinois track. It, yeah. it, he said it was unbelievable. Miss I had him right there, and and, and uh, we uh, we bought that track together. And this was the first Midwest place I've had, but okay. I hunted Pike County, but 
playing in the big leagues, you get to meet a lot of people. But Pike County's supposed to be in the Cats Meow. Yeah, that was right. Early 2000s. Yeah, that's right. Pike County, Buffalo County, Wisconsin was the two. That was the most advertised place in the world for Whitetail. And we bought a beautiful place. It was beside a place that I actually had hunted before, years before, on another guy's place. So um, we had great deer. I mean, we went up there. You, you go from Atala County, Choctaw County, Mississippi, and you go to Pike County, Illinois. Oh, it's a – You know, you yeah. go from 120-inch deer to seeing 150s and 160s every day. You think it's heaven. You know, you yeah. think, oh, my God, look at this, you know. And it was. It was unbelievable. And, and, we, and deer doing and behaving like they're supposed that's to behave, right, too. Just, just vocalizing wild, and rutting you know, and having yeah. a real rut. That's, that's right. right. And um, we weren't used to that, so I was like, man, this is unbelievable. Well, we hunted it a couple of years, blue tongue hit, and we lost a lot of deer up there. That's one thing different between the north and the south. The north, blue tongue, for that species of deer. It'll it wipe them out. It wipes them out. Mm-hmm. You know, down here they can take it a little bit because the summers, I guess, is a little bit different and the winters. Up They're there. acclimated to it, too, down here. Yeah, and, and yeah. you'll see deer down here sometimes with messed up feet, and they've yeah, had blue that's tongue right. before, that's right. but they mm-hmm. made it through mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but up there, it just it hits them hard. But anyway, we lost a lot, a lot, a big, a big deer up there. But, but it, but when they started coming back, that's when my dad and my brother actually shot at that deer three Huge times deer, with yeah. a muzzleloader. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, a, I, I get on that story. He, um, it's about two hundred twenty inches. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a two hundred twenty inch deer, Brent. <laughs> typical, typical. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and, and uh, he. Um, I called him when we bought that place, and I told him, I said, hey, you know, we bought this unbelievable place in, in Pike County, and, and uh, you need to go get you a, a good muzzleloader. You know, don't go buy some junk. You get some <laughs> good muzzleloader. Well, don't get, don't get that punch. Yeah, my, my brother's tighter than I am. Yeah, that's right. Oh, O'Brien's so tight. He um, he don't go buy one. He ends up borrowing one from somebody. <laughs> And it's an, it's not an end line, you know. It's just old one of you, you know, just throwing a knuckleball at them. Have to yeah. Well, sure enough, this deer comes out at it, forty oh. yards, standing broadsided, and he mm. shot and missed him. Deer ran about maybe thirty yards further and was looking back. He loaded it, got another shot at him, missed missed him, him again. And then the third time, he said he was out there about one hundred thirty yards. Deer still looking back. The doe they was with wouldn't run. He said the doe was just locked up. He said, I just looked down the barrel and shot, just hopefully hit him. So I shot, and the deer just kind of ran on off. Never just no beer joint shot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, he missed a you know, world But somebody killed right that deer, man. It was 220 inches. Yeah, yeah. His, his main friend. Yeah, this thing was, this is wild deer. There's no high yeah. fence in that Pike yeah. County place. Yep. Um, but I end up, so I, I end up, I said, I want to place my own, you know, um, after I had that place. So I started looking in in, the, in Missouri. One reason I, I like Missouri is you can bring your buddies hunting. They can buy a tag over the counter. Right. That's one reason I love that state. Illinois, you have to own land and you have to be on, you know, you have to actually own the land to be able to get a tag or either own an interest into the land. And you can't shoot a rifle in Illinois, can you? No. It's, it's all shotgun slug, slug only, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it. And in, in Missouri, you get to hunt with a rifle for 10 days. And uh, at the time, we rifle hunted. You know, we gun hunted. So I, I found a place one night craziest story ever I'm, I'm i don't ever get up out of the bed in the middle of the night hardly and go watch tv um sometimes i may get up and go do something but i don't ever hardly watch tv well i just got up in the middle of the night and um turned the tv on turned up to the hunting channel and it was it was um i forgot what month it was it was late probably november or something i just got home from from baseball and uh, i turned it on and um this this ranch in Missouri company, had advertisement, advertisement, and, and, and I think it was OEI Properties right. was selling it. I think they're out of business now, but they had put a hunt on. It was the first hunt they had on TV, 
and I just happened to be up at one o'clock in the morning. And I saw it. And <laughs> it I'm, was kind of a promotional hunt to try to sell it, right? Yeah, it. yeah. And they was yeah. and they had got the late spot um, at the very beginning. You get the late spot, and then you get moved into the better spot after right. that stuff goes on. Well, I started looking at. I said, "Man, that's a really neat place. You know, it's a beautiful way the land lay." So the next morning, I call and um, said, "Hey, I'd, I'd love to come up there and see it." And um, I said, "Yeah, that'd be great." And I said, well, "I'm on." I'm going to come up there tomorrow. So we jumped on a plane, flew up there, and a um, guy picked us up that was running the ranch. And uh, he said, I'm just going to show you the land, lay of the land first. We start driving over this ranch, and it it, it, it looks <laughs> like something in in Africa. I mean, yeah. there's so many animals on just this Just jumping. Ranch. It's just everywhere. You said like North American whitetail I mean, TV. I mean, yeah, just it's just crazy. And I told my dad, like my Jackie dad was Bushman, with me. like that Jackie Bushman intro, yeah. <laughs> infomercial. He's come on all the time. Yeah, that's right. I thought they actually was letting it out of fence. Like you funny know, I'm farm. Like, they're, they're, yeah, they're funny farm. Yeah, gate, you know, I'm like they, they got these things in the woods. Yeah, where's Chevy Chase at in this deal? <laughs> so my dad, he um, didn't like a 160 jump up right yeah, beside him. Like, oh like, my god! I said, y'all be quiet, he's, man. He's bumping him. They're gonna make this land go up higher, you know? Because you was already thinking that thing at the little G mark. I know what you was thinking. So we ride over this ranch, and I'm thinking, this is this place is unbelievable, you know, and beautiful place, beautiful, yeah. just laid out, beautiful. And, and the first ranch, the first part I bought was 2,500 acres, and um, I ended up adding 500 the That's next right. year. The, the agriculture fields, yeah, by them, yeah. And um, went in there and looked, they had a beautiful lodge on it, whatever. Well, the boy told me, I said, well, why are they selling it? And he said, well, they own another place, and they and they won't get rid of this one. And I said, well, that I mean, they're great, so. I ended up offering them a price, and, and, and they knocked the price down a lot more than they had advertised. I said, oh, I might be able to buy it. Well, end up buying it. I went and looked at it on Monday and bought it on Saturday. That's, That's right. I knew it was pretty fast, right? Yeah. Because um, you knew it's one of a kind. Looking. I knew. I, I mean, and you've I've already been, been in the I've Midwest on, with Illinois. I've been places in yeah. Pike County. I've hunted all over the Midwest mm-hmm. with different um, players that I played with. I've never seen a place laid out like this place. And, and, and Brent, that particular county at the time before he started, it wasn't well, known. Kind of sleeper, it was. It was a sleeper. It wasn't yeah. known for those right. monster ones. Most, of, you know, Missouri was always known Mercer County, right? Um, yeah, um, Schuyler County, back toward kind of Kansas City. And it was, was Putnam, wasn't it? Deer. Putnam County, Putnam County. Yeah, Putnam. It wasn't yeah. really known for deer, but man, just by the 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 one ride I rode over the whole place, I'm like this. You know, this place had special. just fell in love with it. Special. Yeah, I mean, it just it had everything you wanted. You you had CRP for bedding. You had hardwood bottoms, draws mm-hmm. for big timber as far as acorn crops. You had crop fields that going to pay you money back. You to, pond, you know, three, four uh, ponds. Yeah, three, three or four lakes. Had, yeah, had, lakes. Um, had four watershed lakes on it. Just beautiful the way it was laid out. Yeah. Had a beautiful lodge on it, too, that I had already built. And um, had it built just for what I wanted. They had It was an eight-bedroom. Everybody had their own bathroom. Had oh, a skin cool, and rack. Yeah. They had it built for hunting. Yeah. You know, it was really nice. So anyway, I bought you know, bought that farm and ended up selling my Pike County place and just owned a place by myself. And, uh, and it was more of a family retreat. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember looking at all the pictures with your dad and all them. Yeah. That's great. uh, We would go up there and, and and I'd bring eight or 10 people and we'd hunt, you know, had 3000 acres. I had plenty of room. Um, when I first bought the place, I was still rifle hunting, Right. you know, we would go up there with family and we would kill a lot of deer in a one, 50s and 160s and mm-hmm. great deer great yeah. deer they four-year-old deer right you know you didn't know till you really started really putting it together kind of go back mm-hmm. to what we talked about earlier you you, you yes I those goals change the that's right i like to move from dog hunting to yeah, yeah. a constant evolution so about i don't know four years into it i said hey you know what let's let's go all to bow hunting um i think we can get the deer older um, now were you a pretty big bow hunter before that I wasn't i've always rifle hunted um, didn't really bow hunt growing up. So that says a lot. It wasn't yeah. that you love bow hunting and you did it for sport. You no. did it 
from a management standpoint. I did from to a management standpoint. But you got to he could key into culture. that. He could key into that first part of that rut too. That's, that's right. That boat. Yeah, that's right. That pressure them coming out of that bachelor groups. Yep. And I mean, because yeah, it's was, archery, yeah. it's archery up until first of November. Missouri is, is archery until the third. Was it about seven or ten so days of November? Seven or ten days of gun seasons. All you have. Ten days of gun season. Yeah, and um, and then you have a little muzzleloader season right around Christmas. It's like three or four days there, and that's it. Uh, rest of the time is bow season. But we 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 got into bow hunting. I, I love it now. I, I don't rifle hunt anymore. I, I've got where I only bow hunt. Um, I'll go hunt, sit with my kids and let them kill some deer with rifles, but I don't really rifle hunt anymore. Um, but I started trying to raise the bar. I'm thinking, all right, we're killing 140s, 150s. Let's 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 try to kill 170s. Let's try to let deer get a little older. Let's let's feed them. You know, not let's not, let those 155s go. Go, yeah. that's right. And let's let's let them see if they can get to that 170 mark. Let's, but we started doing. Ultimately, that. let's let these four-year-olds go. That's exactly. That's and Brent, I'm gonna tell you something. And Roy will he'll back it up because I couldn't believe it because I I was able to I hunt with him several years up there with it. The ten-point genetic code, I had never seen anything it. like it. Mm-hmm. They'd start off. You'd have a, a one or two-year-old. He'd have ten points. That's right. <laughs> and I mean, you're like what? And yeah. then I mean, every one of them wasn't freaky. Yeah. They were ten points. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, the, the difference between, I've noticed, the Midwest deer and the, and the, and the southern deer. The Midwest deer is, a, is 80% 10 point. 80 on that farm it was, I can tell yeah. you. It was uh, wild. You just didn't see a whole lot of eight points on the place, and that was different than growing at home. At home, I mean, you're 95% eight points. That's and right. You grab a 10 or 12 mm-hmm. every once in a while. You just didn't see it. Mainframe. You know, you get a lot of stuff that got some kickers on it, but I, I consider a 10 point a mainframe, you know, five by five. Yeah. Um, but that, that gene on that farm was unbelievable. I mean, you see 10 it points, 10 point, 10 point. It and, really was. Uh, I knew I could grow them. You know, if I could get them some age, I could grow deer in a 170, no problem. Well, we started letting deer go. And then when you, with a bow, it, it's harder to kill a deer with a bow than a gun yeah. because up there you got big enough fields. You naturally you improve that age structure when you're out there. Right. With it's the just like we, we said in our podcast, you take that gun off of it. And he literally took the guns off yeah. of it and put that, Put that air and that stick in their hand. It's a lot different. Son, yeah. you age, can't get them to stop. structure, yeah. 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 Right. Less deer, less mature deer got killed. That's right. And there was a lot of deer up there died over age we never got shot at. You know, it may have been, you know, 100 yards away from you. You saw him, but you didn't, you know, boat. But buddy, that last four or five years, you had some runs. God almighty. We killed, um, when we when we took the gun away, our average on our deer, um, we would kill anywhere between six to eight bucks a year. And our average went from about 145, 148 with guns, you know, because my, my kids would hunt too, but I would average everything that we killed. Yeah. And then we started being above 161, 162, everything we killed when we killed with bows. You know, there were some guys that would come up first, you know, first couple of years, they killed 150, 155. That's a big deer. Yeah, and what I gather, your, your approach on your bow hunting, you, you were pretty intense. You wasn't setting up some chip shots like you. you yeah, he wasn't putting, hey, he wasn't putting no bait out either. Yeah. No, so no. I, that's, you know, it was I don't, I don't want that to go on, on that that's a big deal yeah you know I, I want it to be real hunting like you grew up hunting you know I, yeah you know people have gotten where now especially in mississippi you pour a little bit of corn out and you set, set over the corn pile and shoot them over the corn pile yeah we never did that you know you hunted trails you hunted food plots i mean you, patterns and you, yeah, bottlenecks and funnels you and, see a deer coming into a field you start moving your stand trying to get a better shot on him you know and get on him that way or if during a rut you're trying to get up there in Missouri, one one good thing up there, different than in Mississippi, you have big, big blocks of woods in Mississippi. Up there, you got a lot of funnels. Yeah. So you can hunt With those wood funnels. Lots. Yeah. Wood yeah. lots. So yeah. you can get deer coming from one funnel to another, you know, between fields and get them 
a lot of times within 60 or 80 yards of you, so you have a, a decent shot. Brent, what's he keep looking at me for when he's talking about feeding corn? He keeps staring <laughs> over here at me. I'm like, I don't man. It got me nervous. I'm going to open this whiskey bottle up, I think. Uh, that's corn, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. That's a little corn in it. Uh, um, it, it was a special. Uh, you know, me going up there and, and – and, um, you know, I'd killed some. I'd killed a Pope and Young with a bow, and 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 we'd bow hunting in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. I feel like I'm putting two and two together now. I think this is the only reason you ever bought a bow, isn't it? Well, <laughs> no. You know, we would go to Buffalo County. We had a lease up there, Buffalo okay. County. But when I went to his place, and 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 um, you know, I was funny because look, man, you talk talking about, you know, he's letting the one fifty fives go. Okay, that's some pressure. So on the so so Pope and Young wise, yeah. And, and and Roy took a lot of people. They only took one trip. I mean, the pressure get to them. Yeah, you got to have some discipline. Okay, we yes. we talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. And and you know, you're gonna see a deer to shoot. You may not. It may not be in your range, but you're gonna see a 160, 170 inch deer on that place. I did. Yeah, I watched them. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched that big deer that Casey killed that mm -hmm. year. And and I mean, you're gonna see them. But but you know, getting like you said, getting that shot on him. But Brent, I remember that in one of the stories about. When Roy developed this place, he would make the farmer leave crops. I thought that was cool. He, he he negotiated. He was really good at taking a hunting piece of land. But now he's now he's he watches that money now. He would make the agriculture crops pay for that thing. That's right. I remember you doing it. You right. you wouldn't. You said, "Look, I didn't pay for enough deer. I want agriculture." And he would negotiate good deals, and he would make them leave food. And it was a really – I mean, using that business mind that you have, you made that place work, and then you made that place into that hunting That's right. mecca that, you know, and and, right. and, he, and he's going to talk about yeah, it. He and, sold and, it later. Yeah. He sold it last year. Yeah. And, and, I mean, one of the most impressive places in the country. Yeah, and this isn't a story – this is one of the things that I was looking forward about this conversation is this isn't a story about – someone with unlimited means just buying a turnkey property a cadillac i mean what i gathered oh it was roy, a, roy enjoyed yeah. developing these properties improving these properties it just had a nice this it just had a nice camp house yeah, on it. this right. is this isn't i mean this isn't hi hat and you know, look obviously you've got some means and, and and people get these means by being you know surgeons lawyers you know there, there's all kind of ways you threw a baseball hey but you built you built these properties that's and, right and i've always appreciated that that well, in the you know, Mississippi look, I mean, one too. Look, we ain't even talked about the dozer yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this guy yeah. loves this yeah. guy yeah. loves that's it. Right. That's right. But that place and and the way he managed it, and, and you know, I was dead set managing my place, and I think he probably I got invited because he said, you know, Chris has got some discipline. He managed his place hot and heavy, and but you know, going up there, I'm gonna tell you something. It was tough. It was tough to see that the deer that you let go. But here's what made it all tie together, Brent. We were up there and and. He would put out fifty or sixty cameras. Now this is, I mean, so we would, we'd have our, we love, we had, the the cooking was big. We had to, you know, we old jokes and we'd had a big time and and Roy had a group he would carry, but we would go through sixty or seventy cards a day out of cameras. We checked them every day because yeah. we was only up there for three or four days. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden one night we were there and we were checking cameras and he said, "Now nah, we know that, we know that," one. and all of a sudden this one blows up, boom, and everybody in the thing are eating that fit, we're eating that fresh bass, boy. <laughs> And I think I won that bass contest that day. I can't prove it, but I remember I, I took an H&H &H down and I wore them down. But um, we was like, good night. I mean, when you seen this deer, it was on a creek crossing. He'd come out of it. And I can remember to my mind stopping. 
I put that hat, just had some Choking fresh, on that bass. fish has <laughs> fresh hot sauce on that bass. And I said, good night. And we, everybody, you know, eight or 10 people there run right around. And we, and, and Roy said, right then, he said, that's the deer I want to kill. So there was another one, big one that, that had right. broke off that that's you right. wanted, that you had mm-hmm. seen him earlier. And, uh, and, was, and then I'm going to let you tell that story yeah, because it's a hunting, neat story. I had a deer that actually, um, he was a mainframe 12. Um, he was going to score probably 190 to 195. And I, I'd seen that deer three different times early and, and got within 100 yards of him one time and um, thought I was going to get a shot at him and never got a shot at him. Well, I was hunting the deer real hard, and he was in. He was he was staying in a a, a block of woods that was only about forty acres, and it was a lot of locusts and and real kind of thick for up there, broom straw and stuff. Well, all of a sudden, I had I had about fifteen cameras on that one woodlot, trying to catch him. See which where way, he was at. Which way he was coming yeah. in to a field? Which way he was leaving? When he was moving? If he was bedding in one corner or how? I always this is what people don't realize. Those cameras have killed more big deer than anything in the world and because no back in the day yeah, we said that earlier yeah um people turkeys would hunt, too and, and you and we know, even got on turkeys yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't even know you don't even know what's there you know but when you got those cameras hunting there 24 yeah. 7 you know kind of what's in that area and where he's coming from and where he's yeah. coming from if so, you use them right if you if use, use them right. the way you use them it's but right, what he's gonna so, get yeah. into now he's you a thermal them. he's a thermal guy yeah, and he 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 plays that wind. Them thermals up there play That's tricks right. on you in those right. covey in those coolies mm-hmm. and stuff. It's yeah. weird. So I w- I would you know take that block of woods of say a hundred acres, and I think that deer staying there, and and I would play the wind and which way the wind was going, and come in on different angles of that thing. I wouldn't come in in the same spot every time. If I wanted to hunt a certain field, and I thought that deer was bedding, you know, on this side of the corner of the field, I would come in on the other corner and and try to play the wind. And I would never the thing about up there is a lot of times we only have a week to go hunting where people that live there they get to kind of manage for mm-hmm. two or three weeks so you can't blow them out. out so you can't blow them out yeah so i'm like you know i got to come in and and hunt this deer because i only have a week but i got to play the wind i can't blow him out so i would you know put these cameras up and i would see how that deer came into that camera if he came in from the east he come in from the west or north or whatever and i would time it on different time this goes all back to baseball That's i mean it, it does yeah. go back because we because our strategy was, you know, it's all about odds. Throw and it where that guy can't where hit. Where that guy's yeah. hitting 160 there's at a and 02 of, count. You know, so you, <laughs> there's you a know, lot of parallels I see too. Right. Some of that is that competitive yeah. results-driven winning too. I see that too from exactly baseball. Right. I, I thought about that. So I mean, I would I would study these cameras, and with that big deer, I was hunting this big 190, about 191 inches, I think it ended up being, um, and and all of a sudden he disappeared. And I'm thinking, man, the deer either saw me come in or something going on, but he just disappeared for three days. I said, I don't know where he mm-hmm. went. I had one little corner of my place that we never hunt, and it and it's nothing but a uh, it's a ditch. It's got a ditch in the middle of it, and probably I don't know, it may be forty yards wide of trees, timber, and there's nothing else. That's all wide open fields on one side, on the north side, on the east, on the, on the west side, and on the south side, wide open. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, that deer, I think that deer is over there in that little bitty old corner staying in that little bit of woodlock because nobody's been over there. No pressure. So I drive over there with a with, with my truck, put up a camera, and um, and when I checked that camera um, the next day, he's standing in front of it. And mm. I'm like, wow. there he is right there. Yeah. But I noticed when he walked in front of the camera, he, he broke, broke off his G2. Yeah. 
And I said, man, I, it just turned me off because I didn't want I didn't want to kill a deer, you know, being broke up. Yeah, he went from 190 to 184. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. a yeah. I don't really want that 180 <laughs> with a bow. Yeah. So I was like, man, I hated that deer broke up. You know, so I started kind of turning my attention to different places, putting more cameras out. Well, that same day, I put that camera out on a creek crossing, and the next day I checked it. That big I checked, yeah. And that big deer I've never seen on my place showed up right there, and. um he was standing in front of the camera, and the way he come out of the creek, I knew he was coming from the south, and he was going kind of north, mm-hmm. northeast, yep. or northwest. And the wind was playing, and his advantage where that stand was. So I'm like, I'm not going to hunt him this afternoon. I'm going to wait. And I hunted a, a cliff up above that I could see now, down into the I remember. I chased turkeys on that cliff. Yeah, beautiful cliff. Yeah. And I see that deer come back through about 5 Watched him. I remember you watched him out evening. Sure did. And I ease out of there, and the next morning, he had went back by the stand to the east. And um, I said, if I can get in that stand, if he goes back west, I got him, you know. Well, it was like clockwork. Oh, I get in there at about 9.30. I'm sitting there, and I'm about to eat me a little Christmas cake. <laughs> now, was this, was <laughs> this before cellular cameras? Are they, are you this pulling cards? Yes, yeah, these are all, yeah. these are all uh, check, cards. check card cameras, yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking, you know. That little Debbie cake was a little Debbie cake was right, my stomach. It's hard to beat them Christmas Debbie, Debbie cakes. cakes. I ain't going to yeah, lie to you. Yeah. Now. So I'm one. sitting there. I just opened it up, and I took a first bite off of it. And this, I hear deer come running in. I look back behind me. I have my back turned toward the, toward the field, and I look back behind me. And the doe standing about 20 yards from me, and I can see this deer mm. running in behind it. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And, Brent, you could, you, could, you could identify him. There's like, no yeah. – he's wide. I this mean, deer is probably uh, 23 inches wide. Yes, and he um, went had up a like big, that. Had a big, I call a devil spike mm. right on his front beam. Pitch fork. There. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I know he killed some deer with that thing because it would no stick doubt. straight into I mean, him. It's dagger. So um, he's – I think he's 30 yards. I thought he was 30 yards. End up being forty, and in my first shot, I just grazed under him. I cut him, but I didn't get in a, and didn't, didn't get any vitals. The deer ran out at seventy, seventy-two yards. I ranged him at seventy-two yards, and he's looking back over his shoulder, back at me, and I'm able to put another arrow in, and then I sunk it. I, I started in the backside and went all the way through the front. He ran about seventy yards out in the CRP I and rolled and up. CRP and rolled up. But um, beautiful deer. I mean, he scored higher at one eighties, right at one ninety. Old deer, gray in the face. You know, yeah. probably seven year old deer. Wow. And that's one thing I didn't I didn't really say earlier. I noticed in the high fence in Mississippi. A lot of Mississippi deer don't really get mature until they get seven years old. I would grow deer in, 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 in the high fence and the breeder pens. They would have, you know, say a 140-inch rack when they're six years old. But when they get seven years old, they'd have their best rack, 155, 160 inches sometimes. Yeah. Um, people think they kill a four-year-old deer. I was going to say, you remember how that compared to that four-and-a-half-year-old? Right. They think that's a mature deer, and, and it's a nice deer. It's a nice deer, but – a deer in Mississippi really don't get mature until it gets over six years old. Um, they start going down after the seven. You know, they eight year old. They usually start falling. And deer, you know, Mississippi a little bit, a little bit longer than the deer in the Midwest. They yeah. they have a, a, a way tougher winter up there, so the deer up there don't live quite as long because of the winter time. So I, I noticed, you know, those deer in Missouri. If I could let them to get to six, then they was probably full mature. They were about a year before Mississippi deer. Um, so, so you learn a lot when, when you get to own different places um, and the management style is a little bit different. Mm. Chris showed me a picture that day. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, put, I still got it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was there on the retreat and on the recovery of that one. Um, I got me a little Debbie cake when I got through. <laughs> That's a half eaten one. That's a half eaten Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, but the, 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 management, cool, the management part, you know, yeah. it, it you get rewarded. Me, 
me, my personal reward is is being able to let these deer grow, get a little bit older, manage the land. You know, my, one of the biggest things that I've always tried to do, and Chris does the same thing, is, you know, you get a block of woods and you know kind of the bedding area of a deer. I try to get his food and water close to him. Mm-hmm. If I can get food and water close to him, that deer don't have to travel very far. Yeah. So I, a, lot, let, a lot less stress. He don't have to travel over two or three hills, watch where he's going. He don't sure have to leave the property. He don't have to leave the property. So I take yeah. out him traveling Again, back to stats. stats. You're stacking exactly. odds. You're putting the statistics yeah. in And favor. also, you know, deer love moving late. So if I can get that deer to move in that food plot and he's only got to move 100 yards, He's Instead of coming a quarter mile, that's then right. he is coming a, coming a mile away. Yeah, you know? and getting there after dark. It's after dark, and then you yeah. can't you don't have a shot. So my my whole strategy was let's get food and water around them in different areas of my farm where I can hold that deer in that yeah. in that certain neighborhood. And a lot of times, you know, up in Missouri, it's a little different than here. When they start running out of food, they'll all come to one spot. But to keep them stress free, I try to keep them in a lo- a local spot. So a lot of times when we go up there and hunt, I say, listen here. That section of 130 acres over there, there's a deer that I've seen on camera. He's a 180-inch deer. Y'all hunt him. There's a deer over here that I've been seeing. He's 175 inches. He's a six-year-old deer. Let's go hunt him. There's a deer over here. And I would send guys out to hunt these different deer because I knew they were there. Now, I said, that's a lot of times you're going to see a deer I've never seen before because the camera only hunts 30, 40 feet. Yeah. You don't yeah. get to hunt the whole And this thing. place is not high fence. This is yeah. th- this, And you're the, not running a bunch of big bait stations. The, the, no, the key to this place I'm was. Just, I'm just and, putting cameras on crossing. And, and he didn't and say it. Plus. This was a cattle farm when he bought it. That's right. It had the finest cattle fence around it. I've right. crossed it a hundred times mm-hmm. chasing turkeys, but I mean, it, it had to, it had a barbed wire fence. It'd be unbelievable. Five strand, yeah. yeah, five strands. It was awful. Yeah. Kind of cross it. You'd tear, bri- <laughs> you'd tear the crotch out of a pair of mossy oak in a minute. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but, but yeah, you know, I, I knew this, I knew this farm had the bones. I mean, the lay of the land was. Well, beautiful. it had the genetic code too. That's right. Yeah. And, and I knew if I could get what I knew in, in deer, and start applying it in this farm that my deer is is, is going to go better and better and better every year and I, I owned that place in 2009 i owned it about 12 13 years and by my last four years up there was probably the best run i've ever no seen no question big deer, deer. Yeah. i mean we would kill four so deer really paying off like yes. that going to archery on roy's you- roy's rule up there was if you killed a deer over 160 inches 170 100, you would he would mount it and it would be left up there. I mean, that's what you do. That was the game. Your name would be on yeah. the tag with the you score. Knew it, you knew it when you went. And let me tell you that's something. Right. You yeah. thought you was in Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop. I mean, that's how big those deer were. And I would catch myself just looking at them saying, I ain't no 174-inch deer. Then you'd look and say, yeah, it is. I mean, it just, <laughs> it just they looked. It, it was right. so unbelievable because they all looked the same. I mean, they really except that big wide one. He's yeah. a little different. And that, that big uh, one that Casey killed that time was a different right. looking one. What, and it was what I tried inches. to do, so I, I filled up my wall. My, my, my living room was pretty good size, so I had 42 mounts in my thing. Every year, deer would fall off the wall, you know, so somebody killed a 170, the 160 would fall off. It'd be like a lottery. Calling them hey, out. Hey, Calling call yes. Hey, so hey uh, Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy, come get this 164. <laughs> good news. I'm, I'm bringing him, I'm bringing him home. off the wall, you know. Yeah, I'm bringing him home. <laughs> so uh, I was sending deer home the last four or five years. That was 160, yeah. 165 yeah. because yeah. we was putting 170, 180s, 190s, 200-inch deer up. Now, at that time, Roy, you had bought the Mississippi track, okay? Right. You, you You wanted to put one together. Roy had come back home, and he was retiring. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how me and him really got close. I had uh, he had bought a big 
looking at a big track down there, and, and I had been in a I'd been in an easement lawsuit for over a year <laughs> with this guy, and uh, I had had a track in the middle of this track that Roy wanted, and and uh, and me and him, you know, he he wanted the track, but I was hard headed out and been had to sue this guy to get access. That's a good property. Too. It, it was great property, and and uh, it just you know Roy come to me and I said, look, you just come talk to me, and so me and him met, and I thought we met at the camp down there, and we we rode my place, and and he just said, look, I you know. Here's my deal. I want total control. And I like that. And, you know, he said, I want control. He said, I don't want you coming in there. And he said, you know, but I want to control it. If I'm going to buy it on control, if I ain't, I'm going to walk away from it. And that guy, boy, he was sweating because that guy had put me <laughs> through some ringers now. Yeah. But uh, me and Roy worked together on that one. And uh, we ain't going to get into details, but it worked out good for both of us. And and I was able to put the, the, the farm a big track together that I needed mm-hmm. and we did a 1031. It was a great thing. And, and there was a friendship that's lasted for 10 years and then we've hunted all over the country. And you but, really developed that. Oh, that, that place now, was that, raw. That, was, that, yeah. that, that thing had a what? 10 foot road. Remember? That's right. That's right. And, and, uh, Brent, we can go on the bulldozer thing now. So we, we laugh about <laughs> Roy's bulldozer. So Roy, you got to tell me what age, what year was that when, the, when, when you got MVP? So in 2005, <clears throat> I was, um, we was, with Astros, with Astros, and um, the the owner was Drake McLean. He's right. a great great friend. I still talk to him. Uh, a good guy. We was uh, at the time we was about I think we was nine games out of first place. Right. And um, he always one thing about Drake, and I loved about him owners. Out of all all the owners I knew, he was the only one that would come in and talk to each player. Most owners never come just in. Personal, just personal. Just a great guy. guy, you know. Yeah. So he'd come in and he would try to fire you up. You're ready, you know, ready to charge. You're ready to go. Yeah, 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 sir. You know, good, good guy. Well, he comes up to me and he's talking one day and he gets telling me about, he knew that my dad was a logger. And um, he said, I just got me a bulldozer and uh, I'm cleaning up. I bought me a little small track down in South Texas or, or, or Central Texas and cleaning up some spots on it and telling me about it you know and i said oh, that's cool and i said man I, I said i've always wanted my own dozer and stuff i said i'll tell you what since i'm playing for you when you get finished cleaning up your spot you ought to sell me that dozer cheap and he kind of you, laughed thinking that deal yeah it? i'm trying to make me a deal you know <laughs> with the owner yeah in yeah. the locker room yeah, yeah. i'm like but, man, but roy I, knew he didn't know much about dozers <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of laughed about it and, and the media, that one out the media yeah. was standing around us a lot of the you know fox and everybody mlb standing around us and I said, well, I'm going to put him on the spot here. I said, um, I said well, I'll tell you what, Drayton. I said, uh, if I pitch us into the World Series, y'all just give me one. Well, he looked at me, and he looked around. He said, I'll tell you what. We were nine games out of first place. Right. You know, it was halfway through the year. He said, I'll tell you what. If you pitch us into the World Series, I'll buy your own dozer. I saw. I put my hand out, gave him a shake, and I said, "Y'all see that, don't you?" So, <laughs> so the media laughed. You know, they didn't think nothing about it. Yeah, they we're thinking nine, you know, we're not redneck from Mississippi. <laughs> they didn't know how bad you wanted a dozer. Yeah, they were thinking a Bentley or a Lamborghini. You know, they didn't <laughs> exactly. think about no dozer. So, um, all of a sudden, it's funny. It, as soon as we made that deal, we start winning. I mean, we're, we're winning. Y'all were hot, man. We win. Yeah. I think that next month we won twenty five out of twenty eight games. The next month, it was crazy. I think that year you won twenty games, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, and um, we start. You know, we starting to catch up. And next day, you know, we're four games out of first place. We're two games out of first place. I'm like, hey, we're catching the Cardinals pretty right. quick, you know. Well, it comes down to the very last game of the season. I'm pitching against the Cubs. And uh, we got to win that game to, to win, the, win the division. And um, so we win that game and we get in the playoffs. Well, I'm thinking, you know, we got a long way to go for the World Series, you know. But it's starting to kind of enter my mind. Like, man, we're in the playoffs. We got a chance, you know. And not only can we're going to win the World Series. And y'all were hot. Yeah, we're hot. hot. I mean, we got a great team, That's right. You know. 
Uh, uh, we Is got that Biggio in there? Biggio, Bagwell. Yeah. We Bagwell, got Roger yeah. Clemens, Andy right. Pettit. Yeah, I mean, okay. we got some. You know, we yeah, got some stud stag. horses. Yeah. So Roy Oswald. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we think about him. Yeah. Do we? Um, so we get in there. And we beat the Braves. You know, this is the this is the first year that we had beat the Braves in, in the uh, playoffs. And they were pretty hot we too. Played somebody else. Yeah. You know, but then in, in 05 we beat the Braves. And 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 then Houston's never got past the Braves in the first round. They always got beat out. Well, we beat the Braves in in five. I pitched the last game and beat them in, in Atlanta. So now we're playing St. Louis, and um, St. Louis is good. They got pull holes. They got Edmonds. They got right. Larry good, Walker. Strong they got, they, guys, they, yeah. strong team. Um, we get in get into playing St. Louis, and um, I pitch game three. I win game three. Well, we're winning game five, and if we if we beat if we win game five, it's over. We go to World Series. Brad Lidge pitching the ninth inning. Pujol steps up, and 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 his and don't hit a walk off. But it's, we're playing in Houston. He hits a um, he hits home run in the ninth inning, two outs. Now we're, and we're talking about a guy that didn't hit 600 home runs for his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Hall thing, of Famer. The funny thing about it was Brad Lidge, um, that year was so good that you – it was almost – it was funny because he would come in and he would dang near strike out three out of three. It was the craziest year I've ever seen a pitcher have. But he was just – I mean, he was lights out every time he come in. Well, when he came in – um, Eckstein hit a, like a little nubber that went through the infield, like 50 hopper through the infield. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, somebody else hits a little bleeder like over the second mm-hmm. baseman. I'm like, hey, I, I mean, it's just like surprising they putting it in play because this guy's striking out everybody. And next thing you know, I'm thinking, I start looking. I said, man, we're only up by two. Poor host walking up. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm thinking, Brad, I first pitch slider. He – he, he misses two feet. It breaks off the table. I was like, he ain't got a chance. I mean, this guy's throwing 99 miles an hour. He can't right. hit a slider either. All of a sudden, he throws the next one. And, man, when he hit it, the crack of that bat, the sound in that in that stadium at that time was so loud that you couldn't hear anything. It was just like a – just a, a, a constant noise. But when he hit it, it goes – And you hear about three little St. Louis fans over there on the top deck. <laughs> yeah. It's just in the far distance, and yeah. it's so quiet in there. It's almost eerie, you know. It just yeah, it almost sucked the, the air out of it. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Oh my God, they're ahead," you know. And and everybody's like, "Now we got to go to St. Louis." Well, I'm sitting on the bench at the time, thinking I got to pitch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So now my focus is going from jumping around on the field, you know, popping champagne in, in the locker room. <laughs> got to reset. I got to I got to play tomorrow. You sliding you know? them cowboy boots back <laughs> exactly. on. Yeah. So I go straight in the locker room. I just get out of the dugout because I know the I know the camera is going to go to me. Because yeah. I knew I was going to be pitching tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I just go straight in and put in a dugout. Yeah. I go straight to the film room and I start looking at guys that watching I've what they do before. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got to get, you know, I, I got the ball. I've got to win my game because I knew behind me we had we had the number four guy going. So I'm like, I got to win my game. So I, uh, we got a day off for travel. We go to St. Louis. I'm in the locker room, still studying hitters, watching some of the hitters on TV. They're taking BP. Drayton comes in the locker room. It's just me and him. He comes up. He's talking. You ready? You ready? You know, and I'm, I'm trying to concentrate. You know, I'm like, I can't really talk right now. I'm That's ready. right. You know, I'm a little nervous. I got, yeah, four and, million people in Houston. And, and we're wondering right why this guy killed a big deer. Stood <laughs> in the cameras. I mean, he's ever watching every, yeah, every, every pitch he thrown. Right. Yeah. So um, he comes in. He's talking. And he knew that if he brought that dozer up, they would get my attention, though. So he's talking. And I'm trying to be. I'm trying to pay attention and be respectful, but I'm also trying to focus in on the I got to win this game. I got to win this yeah. game. You know, it's it's it's, it's do or die. Well, he goes, well, you know, if you win tonight, I got to buy you that dozer. And I look back at him. I said, that's a deal. And I remember walking out on the field thinking, 
honestly, what went through my mind was, you just got a dozer. Because I had so much <laughs> you confidence in, my, yeah, in myself ready. going mm-hmm. into the field. I'm like, I'm no way I'm going to let these guys beat me. And then the first inning, I'll never forget the first inning. This is what dictated the whole game. I get the first two guys out. The third guy is um, Edmonds. He walks. Well, Pujols comes up fourth. And the stadium is so loud. In, in the Old Bush Stadium, they held around 70,000 people in there. This thing is so loud that they're when they're yelling, they're making wind on the field. I can feel my jersey moving. Just and wild. From the, from the sound, is making the, wind. Just wild. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, this is loud. And this here. is at St. Louis. You know? and I mean, they were yeah. fired up now. And the, he had just hit that walk off. So, I mean, they yeah, were He's the reason. He's the reason that y'all are playing. Right. Yeah, yeah. MVP guy. Yeah. You know? So, I knew right then, I said, if I give up a home run or a hit to him, I'll never get the crowd out of it. They'll, they'll be in it the rest of the game. I got somehow to either get him out or strike him out. Well, I got a head and a count on him, uh, one, two. And I was – I knew – Pujols was a great hitter. He had one spot around his belt inside. If you could get it in there, you could get him out. But if you didn't get it in there, he was going to get you know he's going to put the ball in play somewhere, and I was able to run the ball in there on him, and he was half swinging trying to trying to stop his swing, but he was trying to get to it too, and he couldn't stop. He couldn't get the barrel on. That's right, and I struck him out right there, and the sound in the stadium. That's like the air sucked out. It's like oh lord, you know. And right then I knew I'm like if I keep pounding the strikes on. That I got these guys. And y'all old, got old new old boy over here. He's thinking about I just beamed him. I'd have hit him. No, Pujols a big old dude. Big old boy. Big old cat. You know, the funny thing is that game right there, I threw 118 pitches, I think. It was right around that number. You didn't have I, many days rest either. Uh, I threw 95. 90, no, I threw 92 fastballs God, that game. Wait, I didn't hardly throw a just pitch. I, would, my, I could throw it where I wanted to, and I could make it run or cut. So I was just running, cutting, running, cutting the whole game. And I was ahead of guys early, so no. they was on the defensive side the whole time. And It just worked out. It just worked yeah, out. You know, awesome. a lot of people are like, man, you didn't hardly throw a breaking pitch. I'm like, well, I didn't have to use it. I mean, I just kept pounding the strike zone. And, and it made them be more defensive than, than offensive, and I was able to, you know, get through seven or eight innings, and, and we won the thing. But – but um, and that dozer made national news, and that they unloaded that dozer on national sure news. They, and, they put and that on. Cool. I, I went to Houston. He called me, and I ain't. I just, we didn't say anything. We ended up getting beat by the White Sox um, in the World Series. But he called me that off season, November. Said you got something to pick this dozer up with. <laughs> I, and I didn't call him. I was like, I'm waiting on him to call me. You know, you was trying to say, how's Billy Joe gonna bring that dozer back from Houston? That's so I said, we'll be there tomorrow. To pick it up. So we loaded a low boy and we went. To, you ain't we got went it. Down, got it, picked it up, and, and went out there. And, and all the news cam- cham- channels were there, and we uh, we did a whole big thing on it. And it was pretty neat. We actually had to, in my contract, we had to put an amendment um, about the dozer. It was the first one ever in a big league contract, but. But um, it was it was fun, a lot of fun. Still got it. Still still sitting at my house today. That's cool. That's a cool story. I, I've heard it before. Not not nearly. I, I appreciate that baseball story. Roy, that, the last thing story. about baseball that I'm gonna bring up, and I, I, I like, what's the hardest hitter? What's the, the hardest hitter to get out that you all your life? Would, what who'd you play in, in, in years in the major league? Barry Bonds was was he was tough. One. Wasn't he? he was tough. He, was um, tough. he went through a period there for about about five years. If you got the ball over the white part of the plate, it was going to be a line drive somewhere. He may not hit a home run, but it was going to be a double or he was going to hit a bullet at somebody. Yeah. And it was just amazing that a guy could put the barrel on the, on the baseball like that. Especially, you know, when I was, you know, 28, 26, 27 years old, I was throwing 98 miles an hour. So I could 
run the ball and sink the ball and cut the ball a lot, and guys had a hard time getting a barrel on it. And that's the whole thing. People, you know, teach so many things, different pitching and, and baseball. I teach – when I teach hitters, I don't teach strikeout. It's great to strike a guy out when you get two strikes, but you can't strike him out on first pitch. You can't strike him out on second pitch. you got to wait till you get two strikes. So my whole thing is if I can hit that handle or if I can hit the end of the bat on the first, second pitch – I just made my day a lot easier yeah. because now I got him out first pitch. Yeah. I got him out second you don't have pitch. To throw a third, fourth, little ground ball pitch. to shortstop, little ground ball to me, little second baseman. We out of the inning in six pitches. I got I got in and off. So now I'm looking at ninth inning. You know, I'm thinking, all right, I got 120, 130 pitches to throw during a game. If I can get some six pitch innings, seven pitch innings, I'm gonna probably get in the ninth. You know, yeah. it's just because of the style of pitching. So I teach you know kids that anyway. But, but with Bonds. He, I mean, I would good, throw man. some unbelievable quality pitches, and he would somehow get the barrel to it. And it was just – it was amazing to watch for that period of time. He was a, he was a really tough hitter. Man. Um, you know, and, and we don't get into – but, you know, he's he got a little cloud around him too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, he got a little – you know, Well, before that home the, run, the thing before about, that record chase, Bonds was known for that. I mean, that was yeah. – he could forget you know, about that's that. That's the thing. He, you know, yeah, gold uh, glove and – I don't could, think steroids helped your eyes. He had some good no, eyes. And I'm telling you, hand-eye coordination, he had unbelievable hand-eye coordination. He just added – to balls that was usually doubled in the yeah. gaps, they went out of the park. You know, I was talking to Roy, and he'd, he'd talk a little bit about baseball. Because, I, I mean, you know, that was his – I didn't want to beat one of the other guys wearing but, him out. But, you know, he pitched in that era where everybody was doing it, but he wasn't doing it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you know, we, we got to look at Hall of Fame things that's coming up. But, I mean, he pitched in an era where he did it right. He didn't He didn't cheat. And 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 uh, you know something to look at. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't cheat, and, but you had to pitch against a lot of guys: Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, that that um, yeah. you know, yeah. Palmero, yeah. people that they were doing it allegedly. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think they pretty yeah. much yeah they got them yeah they got them. Yeah. When you get in front of Congress, I think they pretty yeah. much got. Them. But anyway, I, I, still the great ball players. I love the game, and, and yeah, the yeah. toughest thing about that yeah. is you know is. As a player that went through it, I, I, I was in the mi- middle of it. You know, these guys, some of these guys that I pitched against, other pitchers and stuff like that, they was putting up, you know, numbers that were really hard to beat. You know, and, and, and as a pitcher that wasn't doing it, trying to trying to compete with those numbers and be better than them after they already had a great talent. You know, they were really yeah. good already. They amped their talent up by being able to pitch on short rest, not be sore, throw the ball harder. Um so so now I'm trying to compete against these guys that amp you know amp their self up and put the numbers up they put up it's it really hard to do and, and and what and what it cost you is you know you know there was a lot of times you got you know runner up Cy Young or, or third place Cy Young and the guys in front of you knew was doing it it really you know gets under your skin because you worked your tail off you know trying to be the best and then somebody did something to make their self better than it's you a shortcut. Exactly. That, it just as a player, yeah. it ate at you. You know, it ate at you a lot. And I was when we started testing, I was all for it. I'm like, heck yeah, you know, let's do it. Get everybody on the same playing field, right? You know, now let's see who the best is. You know, yeah. so and and I tell you what, it changed the game and and look at it forever. Um, you know, but the but the dozer getting back on the dozer, he he and got to bring it Mississippi to Mississippi. Track, yeah, he brought it to Mississippi. So when we put the big track together, mm-hmm. the big farm over over at Lowndes County, um, it had the genetic code. Because you was chasing when you got rid of you still had Kaziska then because remember I, right. we did a lot of stuff to help you you know yep. we got rid of it and um so you had Kaziska and Lowndes County mm-hmm. and and then um 
you know, Roy went after the black ground, the, the black prairie soils, just like we was talking about. He wanted to buy his neighbors, had good neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, because he had already went down that game before you'd bought some stuff in them swamp. What was it called? Yukonaki? Or, Yukonaki. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, them guys yep. blowing down hogs. Yep. So he goes into this track, puts it together. You go back to your old Missouri game. You put you a bunch of farmland together. You put you some pivots on to pay for yeah, it. Put and, and irrigation. Yeah. Because I worked with some of the farmers well, on Well, he, that, built, on that he built an irrigation lake that was bigger than our state lake. I mean, it was bigger than, what was it, 200 acre lake? Right, yep. And, and, um, because now, well, a lot of people don't know this. This dude loves to fish. I love to eat them, but that hot sauce. <laughs> but he loves to fish. He loves to, I mean, that's just one thing. You're a well, big you're going fisherman. back to that theme we keep coming back to. You got something, you got something that you could improve. That's right. Yep. You, you, you that's right. grab something good to make it great. And that that's a cool part of the <clears throat> yeah. story that, that every phase. Well, the hardest really thing neat. I think a lot of people get mixed up. They, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to go buy this and it's already done the way it. I love buying something raw and, and making it. You enjoy it the process. It, and I, I but you like process. making it turnkey. Yes, yes. You develop I, I, it. I develop it. And From turn, an investment and standpoint right. and apparently it's right. still some of that. Right. That, love it. You know, success. That's you right. got you. You start here, and you got to go. And, and I could tell there. you on that track, which he called the Herring Woods, mm-hmm. and, and and the track that we done the deal, I had not been able to put my touch on it because it was in a lawsuit for a year. That's right. And then, um, so when we got it, me and Roy kind of went over some stuff. I said, Roy, I was going to do this. I was going to put a big lane through it, and this right here. Well, he did it way bigger than I was going to do it. I mean, remember we went and cut that timber, and, yeah. and it made that track no unbelievable. Yeah. And 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 the <clears throat> the end game is. He kills a 200-inch deer on it. Yeah. And and it don't get talked about, but that deer was raised on that place. And 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 because of you, I think it was about, what, four years after That's you right. had it, four or five right. years. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the thing. Was the first year, you hardly didn't kill anything. You, know, right. you just kind of see what you had. You didn't let nobody shoot them. <clears throat> but, <throat> but now there again, he had Missouri to go to, so he could kill that yeah. Boone and Crockett. <clears throat> what did so you do, like, put, like just sort of high, high, high elevation, what did you do in there as far as habitat improvement? I know you took out some pines and yeah. put in some more row crops. Oh, he, he wiped. You, he you know, took out a 1,000 or 700 acres of pines. Right. When, when I came in that place, um, yeah. the guy that had it before me, he had planted pine trees through a lot of the fields, a lot of lot of the lot of the irrigation crop fields that I had, and I didn't really understand the the, the process. And he was he was thinking, you know, we get a lot more bedding, we'll have a lot more deer. Well, a lot more deer is not always the answer. You don't want you don't want too many deer. You want quality deer. You know, you can go out there and, and raise a bunch of deer that's 120 inches, but I mean, what what? what good and he had that? trash. I remember a lot. Of Roy, people, he had trash food plots too. You remember? Trash, them that's right. Yeah. Small food yeah. plots. So what I, you gonna slam on this guy? Well, I mean, he cost me about a hundred thousand dollars, but I mean, other <laughs> than that. Well, but what I was getting on food plot. Pine thickets was good bedding too. I can remember that logic. Oh, everybody know. wanted to hunt next to a pine thicket. Yeah, yeah. But well, the bad it, thing about a pine thicket, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with a pine thicket. There's no. There's no. There's no food. There's no food in after the pine six thicket. years. It's gone. Yeah, there's yeah, no for, for the first few years. You do have some yeah, bedding, yeah, but, but it's not the pines. That's right. And in them ag fields, you don't have the honeysuckle and the briars. It's just sagebrush. That's right. Remember? That's right. That's right. So I mean, it was it, what I did. I, I brought in a, a mulching machine and a big track coat. I mulched yep. it, and then we come in there and, and we cleaned out every lane of trees all the way through it. And I cleaned up 700 acres of pine trees on it. Yeah, it, and, and, and um, put pivots on them, and put pivots on it, and, yep. and made row crop out of it. I knew if I could. If I could get them some food, a lot of food, when they didn't have to go real far to eat, um, they were going to grow. You know, they were going to grow And bigger. i tell you what he did do. He controlled because it was irrigated. He had the means to do it, but he was smart enough. He didn't let them put no cotton on it. 
to the right to the end. Right end. And boy, they and they'd run their old lips out. But <laughs> he had a pretty good Mennonite guy there, right. and, and they farmed beans and corn on it. Yeah. And he made them alternate. I remember you mm-hmm. doing it. He made them alternate so there was beans and corn on it. It didn't matter what that price cost. He made them alternate it, beans and corn on it every year. Mm-hmm. So those deer had something to, they didn't have to leave. That's right. Every right. year. And we what what I like doing in, in all of my places I hunt. I love green stuff too. You know, you, you're going to have beans, you're going to have corn, but you also need some green greenery somewhere. And so, you know, radishes. Um, 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 you plant a lot of those radishes. I remember we love, looked at that. Was radishes. Cool. That's a lot of protein. Crew, um, crew that's something you kind that. of did in Missouri. Had yes. success with in Missouri. And, and the thing mm-hmm. about Missouri, they don't last as long up there because a the freeze hits up there pretty mm-hmm. quick. But you still have the turnip, so they'll dig up the turnip right. and eat it. But down here, I mean, you'll have radishes last into January a lot of times, and uh, it, it gives them a different type of food. They love coming to. The one thing I, I noticed about radish patches is like you know you plant old ryegrass patch or wheat patch whatever deer sometimes they hang out there for an hour eating a radish patch they come in and they get so much food so quick because the leaves are so big they only eat 10 minutes and they're gone they're gone yeah you know have to they don't have to stay in fill up quicker it's got more more forage Mm -hmm. in it and um so I love I love green I love I love soybeans I love corn you know corn don't offer a whole lot but they love corn so they they'll come it's to corn sweet and, um, behind yeah. yeah so I love you know trying diversity to get a, a smorgasbord yeah, yeah. I call a smorgasbord sure. and they got a little bit of everything they don't have to go anywhere to eat always water water is a you know people don't think about water if you don't have water in your place deer are leaving your place. So I had a you know, 150 acre lake in a dead center, but I also had cow ponds on that place that you cleaned out. I remember I you cleaned, cleaned them out, out mm-hmm. made them bigger. Um, and that old creek in the bottom. Creek. Yep. And, and running, running water is actually, to me, better than, than ponds because it's not stagnant. It's always running. Um, some creeks dry up. So You're you worried about that EHD, wouldn't you? That's right. Yeah. Um, but but I try to create all my places together. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I, I've had some places where I've grown some unbelievable deer. Uh, Mississippi to grow a 200-inch deer, Yes. that's hard to do. And, I you mean, know, you, you have every hater in America – and they, and they would call me, knew me and Roy, pretty good buddies. Oh, man, I said, well, that's that one he had of that high fence. He brought him, let him go. I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? I said, why would he do that? Oh, well, he knew he could kill it. I said, well, well how about what if it, it how about if it run over and, 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 and neighbor killed it? Oh, I didn't think about that. I mean, you know, hate comes in them. But, always, but, yeah, but uh, it's – uh, and, and the thing about that place, not only did Roy kill some 200-inch deer – but some neighbors that only had 70 and 80 acres, big but, but they hunted right. That's right. They, they, they were right. good hunters. That's right. They killed 160 and 70 inch deer. But they, you know, they, they benefited from the, they all the benefited, stuff that was, right. that know, was done on them. there and we let deer go. And, and then we go, we talk, talking about working as a group. Yeah. You know, you had you and Dudley, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Graber, Paul, mm-hmm. you know, that's um, right. and um, then you had Mark, Mark, Mark yeah, Mark Graber. Mm-hmm. So you had all of y'all working together. That's right. And, and man, I mean, it was, it was some of the, it was some of the best runs down there. And, I mean, and, uh, we had almost you know, a little bit over 5,000 acres yeah. almost in that block. And, you know, when we get talking about that hating, I knew damn well that I sold it too cheap. <laughs> I knew it. I, it was, when I said 200 inch deer. The price went up. Look, like 200 inch I, I deer called Marty off Kate. Up. Me and Marty Kate went over and looked at it. Roy called us, and, and me and Kate went over and looked at that deer, and Kate was little, and she was fired up about deer. And we went over and looked at that deer, and, and uh, I thought to myself, she said, Dad, that's a great deer I was doing. I was thinking, man, I could have got him for another $400 acre. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. But, but, you know, the the end game is both of those tracks are sold now. And by him developing them, they set records. 
of what they bought in the in you know, Missouri and in Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, got what everything you got, back out you put in it, didn't you? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more. Yeah. I mean, he oh, yeah, made yeah. some I mean, huge. That's re- one of the best investments I've ever done standpoint. is land. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've got all And, and you've done all kind of different investments after baseball. But but developing those places, you loved them. Yeah. And, and 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 then what you turned them into was just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean it was just a it's an unbelievable the, um, game. The, you know, it's a lot of work that goes into and people don't realize, you know, I tell people all the time they like they'll go and they'll oh my God, you know, license in Missouri is two hundred and fifty dollars. I give anything to have that place. Yeah, I mean I two hundred fifty dollars for license. I said, Well, I got about fourteen thousand in food plots. You know, just to just to hold deer and, and I may not even kill a deer. You know, I may let deer walk all the time. I mean, last, the last two years I had race trial, I let 170s walk yeah. because I'm trying to kill a 190 or Well, the 200 down here. Yeah, You yeah, had exactly. several encounters with it. Yeah, I mean, you watched yeah. that deer. Right. We, you said it was in the fourth year you had it, but you yeah. you had two or three years of history with that right. deer. I mean, right. could have killed a deer earlier, you know, and had a great deer, 150 Could have killed a 150-inch three- yeah, or four-year-old. And your four daughter year. was in there with you, that's and right. she chose with you because you would yeah, let her shoot it. I know you. Oh, but, no. but well, that's both of y'all now. Because remember that deer you and Kate were hunting the same scenario. Same you wanted thing. Kate to kill and him. And if y'all you made teach them, you agree, Roy? You got all girls just like 100%. I do. If you teach them the right thing, they'll do it. They no doubt. They I no mean, doubt. they they if they know why you're well, doing they right. They understand they, the process. They understand, they understand because why. they see the deer on the wall, and they and you start explaining what you're trying. The to result accomplish. isn't a mystery. You've done exactly. It. You yep. you see it in a pudding because everything that they that you do, you see it on the wall there, and they're like, oh my god, look at the size of that deer. And I was like, well, baby, you'll never kill a deer and score 200 inches if you shoot him at 150. That's a, that's a fact. Yep. You know, I mean, if that's a deer's a dead, he can't grow. You put yep. that trigger finger on him, he gone. He gone. I yeah. mean, he can't grow no more. From they that shrink day. when I shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> Brent just knocks him cowboy boots off of him pretty hot. But, uh, you know, knowing you and, and knowing as far as you carrying your girls, as long as I've known you and as long as we've been close friends, you carry them every year just like I carry mine. It's like, you know, I mean, it's just you, you share that with them because you didn't have any boys. That's right. And, and those girls, and you know, AAA – Named yeah, after the three girls, yep. and and um, you know, you kind of set up. I, I kind of set up my land for my girls over what you told me, mm-hmm. how you did for years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and the the trust and different things, and and uh, but you spending that time with them because that's the only time you have, and and you made them love it. You, did, you didn't push it on them, right. and and all of your girls are good hunters. Yep, and I mean, like I tell Kate and Avery, I said. There ain't a boy in your eighth grade, tenth grade class at the time gonna kill more deer than you. That's right. That's you know, right. but but don't run them down the road That's because right. of That's it. Right. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a it's don't a laugh at the you know it's own giving thing. <laughs> but but people wouldn't know you set your butt on that dozer. I've watched you dig stumps up with that excavator. I've watched you and Robbie. I've watched you lay them things out, study them, look at maps. You did the work yourself, That's a right. lot of it, and you and Robbie, mm-hmm. and 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 you would set it because you wanted. You're funny. You wanted a certain way. You want it done this way. That's right. You don't want a half butt job. Right. You want it done this way. That's right. And and uh, because you know we had flooding down there. You know that creek mm-hmm. would flood. But you built those roads. You you put the crown in them. You put the drainage. I've mm-hmm. I've watched you do it because mm-hmm. we talk about it. We talk on the phone. Chris, mm-hmm. I'm gonna drain that. What do you think about that? This man, I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You cut some timber. Mm-hmm. You did some things. You know. You made that thing because look, you had neighbors that would kill them. Yeah, I mean they'd yeah. kill good deer, but they would yeah. kill that deer. That's right. You know, you, you know, you show a guy 170 inch deer in Mississippi, say, hey man, we gonna shoot it. Oh yeah, bud. Okay, <laughs> hey, <laughs> been down that road. Too, hey, you hey do we got that tripod we put on that line? I mean, that's what they that's think. Right. They'll yeah. tell you a lot of lip music. Yeah. yeah. 
And you know, even if they think they mean it when they tell you that, it's hard to lay it, off. Well, 170 you catch it at night. Yeah, that ain't You see it in the evening, and, yep. and then in the back of their mind, don't think they don't think, Roy's going to kill it if I don't kill it. You know, I, I'm going to get it. He'll kill it next year. Staying on him. Boom. But the best you know, way that I'm figured out the best way to do that is, is, is especially if you hunt and you see him videoing. Video him and send him to your neighbor and say, "Listen here, put this the heat is the deer. On this is the deer yeah. I saw. He was thirty yards tonight. Well, I you proved killed, yourself. I could have killed him. You dead. build up some credibility. I could have killed him dead. Yeah. This is the deer we ought to let go because he's a four and a half year, five year old deer. Let's get him one more year and see what he does. Because if 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 you shoot him and he's one sixty five, um, that's great. It's great deer in Mississippi. I mean, unbelievable. But what what if he grows one eighty five next year? Now you got something that you on the front. You on the front of the book. We no, talk no. about that. That there's only so many of those all stars. A, a five and a half, six. And every one of those old deer. You put all the age on you want, but they're not all going to do that. Yeah, you know, there's right. only right. there's, we, there's, we call Michael it the, Jordan. the Michael Jordan, yep. but I mean That's we got right. a major league baseball player sitting beside us, so we, the Roy Oswald, <laughs> you know, light on the light on the little side, we got the big rack on it, but uh, <laughs> but you know it, it's it's um and I and I know you you know you had humble beginnings, but let me tell you, Roy, when you killed that big deer, because I knew from your brother and them, you was 11 years old. That's right. You killed a 150 inch deer in, in mm-hmm. Choctaw County. Mm-hmm. Running dogs, mm-hmm. and I hear the old dog blue, and I hear your dad talk about the, all them old good dogs yeah. and stuff. But you was that pulled you into this sport. That's right. That's right. I mean, you were hung. That's right. Yeah. You wanted that was the fuel. Mm-hmm. I wanted the, the whole thing about this from the very start of it. Learning from the high fence, buy my own bigger places in you know Midwest, Mississippi, and different is to keep raising the bar, keep raising the bar, raising the bar, and just see how far we can go with it. You know. I tell people all the time, Mississippi is a sleeper because you can grow great deer here. You're not going to grow as many deer as you'll grow in the Midwest. Yes. And not you, consistent. Not consistently. Like yeah. But you will. You can find that all-star, like mm-hmm. you said, um, where all of a sudden that deer shows up at three and a half. You're like, man, that's got, that deer's got a great frame on him. Right. You know, let's let's see what this deer can do. You control gonna, that trigger finger. We're going to yeah. start pumping him, you know. Okay, he's living in that spot. Let's get some more protein over there toward him. Like, let's – Beans. Let's let's put some more greenery. More let's get some, some more food. stuff in there and see yeah. what he does. The next day, you're like, oh man, that deer's one. Let's put that. Let's put that protein intake high as we can get it, yeah. and let's take the stress off of him, that's and right. let's see what he blows up. Yeah, and then that's one fifty five on that camera next year. Like, oh, look, that deer four and a half. All right, let's see if we can get him yeah. to the next year. And then you know, it's hard to let that deer walk all in front of you, one hundred fifty five inch deer in Mississippi. You're like, man, that's crazy. People are like that's crazy, but. If that deer is ever going to be 170, you yeah. can't shoot him at you 150. Yep. But Roy's like me and Brent. He grew up hunting public land, little spots you could hunt 40s, 60s, yeah. 80s. Yeah. You know, I've uh, killed a many of four and six points. I mean, yes, I've killed a no many of them. Proud of you. Know, me and you, you know, <laughs> me, you know, me and you would get up there. We'd talk talking about the old sky. I tell Brent this all the time. It was funner when we blew them all down. Oh no doubt. Yeah. I remember you know, yeah. killing an eight point, yeah, running in the back game. of the truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but but you didn't game. have no time in them. That's exactly right. I didn't have no time. money and time. You didn't have no time in them. When and you, and you know what? I was killing somebody else's deer. That's right. Exactly. Right. And it didn't bother me. That's right. But when you start putting, and, and I ain't saying I ain't trying to play King's Lord, but you when you start investing in them and you start getting pictures of them, well, you, you do start, feel like you, an ownership of well, them. Well, that's you really right. do. It's a different game because you're growing them. That's right. Yeah. Well, back then we were hunting them. Yeah. That's right. You're growing them. No doubt. I mean, it's no just doubt. a different. And, and it's, it's evolution of that, of that manager. And, and I'm gonna tell you manager. something. I remember him, his buddy Casey up there, killing a right at 200 inch deer, 185, 180 mm-hmm. something, and I you weren't out there pouting. You was high five with oh, him. Man. You was happy because you grew it 
and somebody in the group killed it. No doubt. And 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 I never killed a deer up there, but I know if I would have killed a big one, oh, I'm happy you, you would have been happy for me. You wouldn't. You don't have that hater instinct in you. <clears throat> and and uh, but it was it was so cool to to see. You know, I'd never been around that Midwest block. We always hunt that one farm mm-hmm. up in, in Wisconsin, and and that's all I heard. And there were big deer up there too. Oh yeah. But it, it's just a un. You know, I, I try to clone my the midwest try to clone my places that i work and stuff i manage for people you can't try to, do it. Try, it, to, it well, you try to do what works what, you know, what works, works. And, right. and and into but you can't grow them like that up there no i mean you he, can scale it down you can i mean scale, the same yeah, I mean, similar you, practices you go back to the to the the all-star yeah you go back to taking your hand off that trigger shooting your does mm-hmm. get them plenty of food that's right now now your food was life or death for them up there them <laughs> harsh right. winters would wipe them down that's right you know and and um and you would you know, you were one of the only ones in that county leaving 30, 40, 50 acres of beans, leaving it for them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I look at them beans, and I mean, they're, you're talking about 60, 70 bushel beans, and he was leaving them because he knew that those beans would stand up out of that snow. Mm, that's and right. you had them something to feed. Because you'd send me videos of, of 400 of them during the snow. I'd have in one field. Yeah, just starving to death, just yeah. sitting up there looking around. I had and a, a video two years ago. I had a bad snow up there in, in January 1st. We went back up there and – had probably I don't know I don't know eight inches of snow, and uh, the beans right there behind my cabin I always left. I tried to keep for them, mm-hmm. and I would get deer coming in from all over places because everything was gone. You know, there's a lot of cow farms around me up there. And Those late season Midwest deer, you know, and, videos I've seen. There's and always I had on food. three fields that kind of connected each other. Had a little creek in between them, but they was all you could see them all, and there was 400 deer and 20 acres food plot. And, mm. and and it just don't even look real between that and the turkeys. I mean, it'd be 150, 200 turkeys out there too mm-hmm. trying to eat the beans. Yeah. So you're sitting there in the middle of a, a box stand, and I could have killed, you know, 170 deer no problem because they're all around me. I mean, everything's coming because they got to yeah. eat because if they don't eat, they're going to freeze to death. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm sitting there looking out of the box, and I video around the box, and I show people all the time. They said you're in a high fence. I'm not in a high fence. It's wide. It was wide. I'm go wherever yeah. I want to, but they have to come to eat to survive. You yeah. know. So and nobody around you. I wouldn't even kill deer. Left no food. I wouldn't kill deer late because it's not really fair. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're sitting there, and these deer are starving to death pretty much, and they have to come yeah. in. You kill any deer on the place. I just, I never. Y'all was up there late. shooting does. We shoot does. Mm-hmm. We shoot does. I, I killed a doe <laughs> last year before I sold the place. I shot a doe over a 180-inch deer back and could have killed a 180 and didn't kill the deer last yeah. year with a gun. Could have killed it easily. Shot a doe over top of his back, and um, he just like, what in the world's going on? You know, doe falls or whatever, end up killing five does. Um, but I could have killed a one eighty inch deer right there. But I mean, the, the just wasn't deer, what you're there for. And it's not I mean, what I'm yeah. there for. I'm there for management. Yep. You know, like, hey, I've already killed a deer earlier. You get a love for them. Yeah, yeah. you really do. You get respect and love yeah. for them, and you say, you know what? Well, that's why you never baited. I, I mean, I know that, and and you you get on that playing field when you say, hey, I've spent this much. To give them all they want, and and then I mean, and I'm gonna hunt them, you know, when the I right way. Way. Do come it. back, yeah. I'm gonna get my bow, and now it's me and you in a game. I'm trying to play to win. You're trying to play to win. You're trying to survive. I'm I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. Now it's a game between. Roy me and did him. it, did it, and and asked this because most folks, and this I'm gonna put you on the spot on one. Did Missouri spoil you as far as come back to Mississippi? Yes. It, yes, did. it did. Kind of kind of spoils you. It. Yeah. You know, you get up there and you get to see the the amount of deer and and the bucks 
you know, over and over the potential. and over. You just, I mean, you're sitting there looking at 140s and 150s every day. And we're trying to chase one 150 You're trying to chase one here. 150 over here. Yeah. It, it, it's tough to get in a stand here. Yeah. I, I don't do a lot of hunting in Mississippi anymore. I've got a couple of spots, but I, my daughters still love hunting. I go with them. We sit yeah. in a stand. I video them, yeah. you know, and let them shoot. And we got a couple of places. Got some nice little deer on it. Um, um, but after you go up there and you get to experience that type of hunting, and, and the thing with in Missouri – you have a chance every day you get in a stand with a bow. In Mississippi, it's hard to get a chance every day with a bow. Ain't no doubt. Even yeah. on like a, a Brent's small a big bow, bow hunter. He I mean, it's just hard hunt. to get a deer close that's to you right. in Mississippi. Unless you, you know, unless you pour something out there in front of you or you got them that's coming right. to a spot. Yeah. Um, it's just straight up hunting, trying to hunt a trail or, or trying to hunt a food plot and get yeah, them over there close to you. It's almost impossible. It's really tough. Yeah. Really tough, Mississippi. I'm going to tell you, Brent, my, I, I got to tell my one good <clears throat> Roy Oswalk story and, and, and uh, as far as funny, but we we went to uh he went to a uh i think it was a turkey unlimited a turkey uh uh wild turkey federation banquet so roy buys a uh hunt to argentina and uh, one right. yeah right. wild yeah. turkey yeah and uh so he starts calling on the phone look who are we gonna get because one thing about these argentina hunts everybody at the everybody's done had that cool drink yeah wants yeah. to go that night and then <laughs> yeah. they get a thing about it yeah. so yeah. so roy called and said look I got Argentina, gonna cost eight. I think it's eight hundred eighty dollars a piece, which was cheap. cheap. Bought it cheap. He said, but you know, hey, I, I need to know. You ain't no backing out. You gonna go? And I, I and I'd always been a wing shooter. I said, heck yeah, I'm going. So got Bob Phillips, yeah, and then got Big Mark, yeah, and uh, and then we had one more, and he backed out on That's us. That's right. Just our four. Mm-hmm. So uh, we said it, and, and we took off. And I and I've never looked. I'm pretty humble on on traveling i was always scared of airplanes and, and roy's a pilot you know so we uh we flew over there it was a long flight man that Ooh, flight yeah. was long over there so we get over there and we flew into buenos aires and and then from buenos aires man we flew to, to cordova to cordova where we hunted that that's right so we uh we hunted four or five days we did look we did all the shooting you know i think we talked about on our dove podcast we killed 800 900 and <laughs> drank all the pepsi colas we could drink <laughs> yeah. and eat, eat yeah. them mesquite steak it was it was good yeah. we were ready to go yeah and uh so when we left there, we come back to Cordova to the airport. So we're sitting there, and we we, we show up, and all of a sudden, military's there. Folks with M16 machine guns. At the airport? I, at the airport. And and, and and people's lined up outside. I'm like, so, you know, you got Bob Phillips, 6'5". You got Mark as a bodybuilder. Looks like <laughs> looks like Golf Jersey Shore. Got shoulders. He's wide. You know, he's probably 250, 60 oh, yeah. pounds. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, Just yeah, a monster. Looks yeah. like a, looked like a Hulk Hogan with tan <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and dark hair. So and then you got you know me and Roy, which we're probably the best looking out of those two or four, you know. <laughs> but you know we're sitting there and these folks are chanting and hollering and, and we're like, what the heck is going on? So I kind of ease up in there and I, I you know find somebody to speak English. Now we're in Argentina, and uh, I found some one of them airlines over there and I said, what's going on? He said striking. I said, who's striking? He said airline striking. I pilots. said, well, pilots. well, pilots. And and I said, well, why are they striking? And they said, well, we don't know. I said, well, how long do you think it's going to last? We think a couple hours. He said, maybe a week. <laughs> and I said, a week? And we're flying out the next yeah. day. Yes. So so Roy is a professional traveler. Everywhere I've ever gone, he, at Duke, and he, I mean, he ain't scared of anything. I get so nervous going through uh, Birmingham traffic. I get nervous, <laughs> get sweating, you know. So Roy said, uh, we just drive. And and hell ain't none of us speak Spanish. <laughs> and I said, drive. And and so we went and rent a car. So we got Bob Phillips six five, got bodybuilder Mark with shoulders wide as we get a Toyota Corolla. Corolla. <laughs> And that's all they had. I mean, they didn't have no SUVs. So uh, we get no this Corolla. Way, y'all, so Roy's big guy. Too. Yeah. No so Roy go now. He got bigger guns than we had then. <laughs> so we go look at a map. Roy don't know this place. Cordova 
Argentina. So so we we look at him. He looks at a map and he says, "I think we make it in about six hours." And and I mean, we had no option because no we were we there. We didn't have no motel. We didn't have anything. Yeah. So just so happens, I had cashed out a hundred dollars to give to the girls in Argentina money. You know, they got them little weird people on there. And I just had it in my my bag, and uh, didn't think I'd have to use it. So we get this Corolla. We take off. We For clarification, this, you had some money to give to your girls when you got back. That's right. Not the girls in Argentina. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to make exactly a point. Right. Yeah. Point, right. point of yeah. clarification. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, know about right. all that. But that's anyway, right. if so we get there, so we take off. So you talk about funny. You, you put in a bodybuilder, six-foot-five guy, me and Roy in a Corolla <laughs> and with all our stuff. So we stuffed in that thing. We got, we're we got, going. We windows down. in the car. It, it, yeah, in the car with us because the trunk ain't big enough. So we, <laughs> we take off. We're headed – Every sign, I'm thinking, we're going to get pulled over, killed. I mean, you think about and if yeah, the, and the cartel, movies. pre-cartel stuff. I mean, pull over and, and you boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so so we're driving, and, and I had never seen that many troll, uh, toll. That's right. It was a toll road, and it was a toll every 10 miles. Yeah. So so we pull up toll road. How are we going to pay for Six it? Six-hour drive. Well, well, remember, I had that you don't Argentina money. money, so I did one out. We'd take off. We, we, we just make good time. We laughing it up big looking at all these folks so we get up there and the last stop was like we drove all day so we get up there and we're going back to Buenos Aires and, and, and so you know we done seen the military out there chanting and people hollering yeah 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 remember, yeah. remember when we get about I don't know probably three quarters we, we, we ran out of gas we, no we ran out of we ran out of toll money ran yes money. we ran out of toll money I, yes we and, had money. so we so we, we had, pull over we had eighteen dollars of their money so yeah. we pull over to a gas station i had eighteen dollars of their money so we looked at the guy and he did it on purpose i ain't no yeah. question he pulled yeah. the old slam move on us. <laughs> so i looked at him and i i folded the money i said it's all i got you know you can't you know i don't know if he was pulling that fake one can't speak he pumped it full that's all we had they wouldn't take no cash money that's right and i said I had that Bank of Vernon credit card. I said, all right, boys, I don't know if it's going to work. We're going to try it. <laughs> and and, and uh, I swiped that card, and that sucker went through. Mm-hmm. And we jumped in, and we made it back, and we flew out of there. And But I'm going to tell you, that was a little bit – Yeah, that was some nerved up stuff right Remember, there. Remember, we went through one time. They had a little military check. Yes. They had some guns out there. And, 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 and they, they looked at us. And I'm like, I hope they take American lives. So we're all holding these things out the window. <laughs> you got to understand, so we got a Guido-looking guy. <laughs> But he had arms look like a – you remember all them people staring at him oh, when he come in there? Because everybody was like – they would stop, and they're looking. And he's got arms like a monster. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. He's funny as can be. And uh, he's tight. He's tight and raw. You had to be hoping that Houston connection might, no might doubt. pay off. No Listen, doubt. but the, but they uh, – but, but but that was – you know, you saw a third-world country. I mean, they was oh, garbage. Different. I mean, they just – they take a bag of garbage out, throw it out in, yeah. in the street. I mean, yeah. you remember that? Different. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but we uh, – mm-hmm. that was a great time. That was fun. But that was the funniest – I mean, we had no option. I mean, it was either there or get smoked down. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was it was really it was really cool. Uh, I get nervous riding trips. around here, with Chris. I can't imagine you <laughs> in Argentina <laughs> with him on a back road. Uh, we told some good stories. Don't believe me. Oh yeah, we don't. We didn't record none of them. I can promise you. Well, look, you you want to talk about what you got going next? What's what's yeah? Working tell me on? what's what, going what on got, now. It's it's pretty cool going. thing. Yeah. So. Um, I started a, a steakhouse in Starkville, and uh, we've been open about two years now. It's been going pretty well. It's a it's a prime steakhouse, um, doing really well. I mean, uh, we don't have that in Starkville. What I wanted to do, I, I've got a chance being playing ball and 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 being different places like I have. I've got to eat in some of the best places in the world. I mean, some of the best steakhouses around the world. I've, I've been all over the place, um, 
anyway, I, I wanted something here close where you don't have to drive to Jackson or Birmingham to yeah. eat, eat a, you know, eat a great steak or whatever. So I opened up a steakhouse. We, we come out with this, um, drink, um, at the steakhouse, an old fashioned drink that, um, that we put together and it, it, it was a number one seller at the steakhouse for two years straight here. And, uh, that, that beats all I the like wine. an old fashioned. Yeah. Beats all the wine and beats all the other drinks. So I got talking to, you know, some of the guys and I said, Hey, you know, what if we could bottle this, you know, and, and see if we could sell it out of a bottle. So they said, man, I think you, you know, you probably could. So I, I, I found a, a company out in California called power brands and um, went out there and they have chemists and everything there and i said listen here i've got this old-fashioned i want to try to bottle but right now if i if i bottle it the way we mix it it has it has settlement in it after about you know two or three weeks if you put it in the refrigerator yeah. i said i need to you know somehow make this where it don't have settlement so we, we got together and we we started testing stuff out and each chemist putting different things and whatever and, and finally they come up with it and i said man that's that's spot on that's spot on you know and and um I said, what, you know, what kind of shelf life? Well, we, we can guarantee a 99-year shelf life and probably going to be way longer than that, but that's the only thing we can guarantee on any any kind of drink. So we put it together, and it took me about, after I got the mixture and everything together from the California people, it took me a year to get through, you know, federal government and state government um, to get everything, all the paperwork right and everything like. And uh, we just had our first bottle signing um, at, at 44 Prime. We we. And 44 Prime, I have about 80 seats inside of 44 Prime. Then I have a banquet room that hold about 100. Uh, we sold out 100 people in, wow. in two days and um, did a bottle signing. And everybody seemed to enjoy it. We had a bourbon tasting. We brought it. Yeah, in. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look I don't drink. I took a little swig. I ain't bad now. We brought a bunch of people in that, you know, had different bourbon that, that nobody really had before and, and had a really good time. I mean, we had a great turnout. Um, we're it's do really it. smooth. Yeah. And that's the one yeah. thing that um, – that, I was going to get in just a straight bourbon business, you know, and, and have it straight, but there's a lot of bourbons out right now. I mean, yeah. there's so many bourbons it's out. Really it's really trendy it's, right it's now. Hard to count. Yep. But there's only, that I found, there's only six old fashions out in a bottle. And the ones that I've tried, I didn't like. I thought they tasted kind of chemically. Uh, they don't taste natural. Yeah. This has all got all natural stuff in it. It don't have any kind of chemicals in it. Um, so... It, I knew my my field of people that I'm playing against who's only got six of them instead of six hundred. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, going back, going back to the baseball. Yeah, that's right. Statistics. Going back with ice. Statistics. So, um, awesome. you know, this 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 product you can pour it over ice. It's it's a lot better when you pour it over ice. Um, you ain't got to put nothing with it. Uh, sometimes I will throw a little orange peel in there with it and yeah. have the you know have the, the flavor fast. in it. But but other than that, um, it's really smooth. Um, it's seventy five proof. Um, I, they done a real good job with it. Um, we we did a first run. This was the first run that we did. It was fifty four hundred bottles. We we get it we get it made right outside of Des Moines, Iowa. Right. Um, we just ordered twenty five thousand more bottles. That's awesome. Um, we're getting those done, and we're our next state is Texas. That's that's where I want to get it. Um, it's called Houston forty four. It's kind of after the number mm -hmm. and and the yeah. town I played in. Um, Houston is a great city. The fans are unbelievable. I wanted to do something for them more yeah. than anything. Well, you're a Hall of Fame guy in Houston. I mean, yeah. you're an Astros Hall and, of Fame. Um, I, mean, I think it, you know, I think the people in Houston would like it a lot. Um, it's it, it's a it's a smooth drink. So, um, if our listeners wanted to order some, how would they do it? So anywhere and Brick and put it on a link somehow. Yeah, anywhere in um in Mississippi right now. We're just in the state of Mississippi, but we in, in Starfall. I know that Scotty's. Uh, okay. on 12 right at hair of the dog okay we're starting to bring it up here to columbus columbus is about starting to get right. it um, we talked to a couple liquor store owners up here awesome. um we're in the process of getting it in harvey's 
Okay. Um, so you can go buy Harvey's mm-hmm. and order a drink, and um, that, they'll pour this. And we're going to try to get in the grill, board all burger. Some of the other yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Just, we're just kind of it's eat, been out eat with us group. Yeah, yeah, been about about ten ten days. Um, so we're trying to just you know get traction with it, yeah. and it's and it's doing really well. Um, everybody seems to have a good response with it. You well, know, that's, we'll make sure all four of our listeners hear about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, there's a good many of them. They're gonna yeah. listen this one. Oh, that's cool. That, you, that's, you know the, the thing, Roy. You you like I said, modest wise. I mean, I've you know people when we were out there in Texas, and but you know for the state of Mississippi, man, it, you, you've been a good role model. Yeah. I mean, you've been you yep. claim you're a good, good daddy. Ambassador. You're a good yeah. daddy. Yeah. You got fine children um just a good person a good friend of mine for sure and and uh appreciate it but you know you know can you know the land manager you do it top notch and and that's kind of like when we put this podcast on roy because you know me and you would talk about this stuff me and you and brent me and brent me and mitt me and brent but if we keep it bottled up nobody else would do it and 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 um you know, I always, yeah, I always think it was a, done well, I'd work. always think it's a secret, but who am I keeping a secret for? That's, you right. Know? That's right. You know, it's just like right. you, when I asked you, would you come on? Because I know you're pretty private and, and, and hunting and, and, and life in general, because you've been in the, you know, in the, in the light so much, but it's, um, uh, but if what people get out of things is, is the story, Hey, you is the American story. You come from nothing and you, and you become something. Yeah. There's so many athletes that fall. It don't matter how much money you make; it's how smart you are when you, after you make it. That's right. And and um, you know what you tried to do, you could have went everywhere, but you invested in Mississippi, and you're investing in Mississippi right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were supposed to do it yesterday, and he was looking at houses, you know, <laughs> yeah. real houses. That's right. And and um, you know, that's just stuff that you like to do, and 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 I know you you like to do stuff that you can control. But this it's pretty cool. This, this, yeah, it's, it's, it's something different. Bottle. You know, like I said, um, it, yeah. it, it, it's a cool thing. Um, you know, I got a ton of other things going um this is just something i thought of um after we opened a restaurant really and truthfully and um it's like i said i've had an unbelievable response with it if i could ship this out of the state of mississippi there's no telling how much i could sell because i had sweet. players yeah. that i played with all over say hey man send me a sh- you know case send me two case but um I'm, we're eventually you know going to get it out uh my my, my just thing see is, how big it really yeah, is see, i'm yeah. gonna try to get it all in 50 states you know yeah. i mean that i believe I, you will because look this is just that progression you open a steakhouse well he's and, got and determination you, go and, and you see this, this drink is, is a hit yeah. this is what you want to do when you do it that's so, right so yeah right. i mean I, I, it's all it, it's my all tied man i tell it's, people cool i mean story. if you want to go in you go all in it doesn't matter what you do hunting you know anything don't be you half do, don't be don't don't, yeah. don't do it halfway you know yeah. do it all the way and and my you know my goal was is to make this in every state and um, eventually, you know, try to have it where it's, it's just normal. You know, you go into a place instead of saying, hey, I want a Jack on Jack, Coke. Yeah. I want a Houston want 44. 40, yeah, give me yeah. a Houston 44. You know, so, and it makes that drink and it, it ties it in. That's right. And, and you, you know, about it, you know, George Strait's got a, you know, stuff uh, out. And, and George, George Clooney's Clooney. got it. Yeah. 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 All those guys, you know, got their own thing kind of going. I was thinking, you know, the baseball world don't really get into it that much. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I, I, I may open this up and it may, my whole goal with this thing, that's the reason I put it on the bottle. It says premium cocktails with an S. This is not the only one I'm going to do. I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, is trying to do a line of, of cocktails. Of different, different varieties. Ones. You know, it may be, yeah. we may do a different type of uh, uh, vodka. It's cool that you went out there and tasted till you got what you wanted, the smoothness. That's right. And then you, he, he tapped yeah, into that recipe. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, 
and like I said, with the bottle, I, I've tried to do some Texas stuff because I'm, 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 I was born in Mississippi. I'm a Mississippian, but I'm a Texas at heart too because right. I lived out there for a long time. Yeah. Right. Um, I put the stadium in, in the picture of the background, right. you know, with, with, the, with the background of Houston in it, and then I you know put the little come and take it revolution texas revolution yeah. on there yeah, cool. try to tap into a lot of texas stuff you know tito's vodka is a big seller the texas product right. um that they, they tap tapped into that texas market i'm trying to do some same thing with some old that's fashion. cool yeah. it looks like a good looking bottle in it brent heck yeah come yeah. back on with us this deer season we'll talk about big deer and i hope we I hope we get this in about 20 states no doubt yeah no doubt <laughs> Well, look, I appreciate you coming on. It's been Man, a good I, talk. It's, it's, uh, look, we're an hour and a half and it feels like we just started, but that, that's, a, that's, oh, a good, that's a great, the story, great podcast. But you know, if people want to know what his stats are, they get on, they Google it. Yeah. But to know him from him talking about this, this game that we all are interested in, this management, deer, land, selling, buying, selling, what we're all doing, Branch, you're a realtor now. You know, you just sold, you know, a track. And, and I mean, Tying it all, and and you know you've had realtor sell stuff for you, and you yeah. sold it on your own. I mean, it's no just it's it's just a it's a good game. Yep. And uh, but like we tell people all the time, if you put the money in it, a lot of times it'll bring it back. That's right. That's you right. Know? You know, a lot of times, you know, some some people look at pieces of the land as all right. That's what it is. I look at people as what it can be. And that's yeah. why you got to look at a piece gotta of land. Vision. You, know, you got to have yeah. a vision yeah. of life. That's pretty clear. That's what you look at everything you've gone into as. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. What you got to look at. You're right. I, I think we're good. We'll I think it's been it a night. good one. We'll call it a night and go, go do something else. Maybe drink the rest of this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna be driving that. <laughs> I ain't spending the night at the meat house. That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next time.